This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And you've probably forgotten all about the Bob Bob Wars. I know, <laughs> I know we, we had. <laughs> we certainly have. My God, we had to do quite a little quick refresher for ourselves, even on what the hell happened in the first part of this book. <laughs> but we had not forgotten that at long last we were going to return to it. That was always the plan. So yes. I hope hope uh, you didn't get too worried, think you were going to leave you hanging. We would never do that. No. Um, and uh, yeah, after, I don't know, three months, <laughs> we're, we're back. With the Bob Bob Wars. There you Part go. Two. What a cliffhanger that turned out to be. <laughs> well, in case you have forgotten, as again, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, when we last left the uh, the Sweet Valians, Jessica, having quit the squad at mm-hmm. the end of the book of the same name, had started her own squad. She had auditioned long lost fan favourite Mandy Farmer. <laughs> Just, I'm just remembering all over again how surprised I was to see her. And that oh was so much my fun. god! <laughs> surprised, delighted, shocked, pr- oh. confused. I mean, bewildered, but delighted. <laughs> um, yes, Mandy didn't make the cut, but loads of other girls did, including <laughs> Jade Wu and Patty, our our uh, yeah, dancers. That's so that's our, our, our established dancing talent made the cut. But yeah, but yes. not Mandy. So see you in another fifty-eight books, Mandy. <laughs> Bye. Oh, oh, I think it's more like eighty-five. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, they started their new team, and the Heather and. Jessica's erstwhile friends mocked them, but then they saw them in action once they'd actually practiced and watched some visualization videos (laughs) recommended by Ken. Um, The the, uh, Heather squad admitted that the newcomers weren't half bad, but Heather knew something that the the new squad did not. Well, this is it, because they were starting to get slightly worried until uh, Heather revealed that only one team can go to regionals. Because remember, <gasps> we're obsessed with regionals and state and all this kind of stuff <laughs> now. And I can remember somebody pointed out the last time, but it's very that episode of Community where they join the Glee Club and it's regionals and then nationals and then something <laughs> else. <laughs> That's basically the end of this book. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> as far as I recall, all the next one. Oh, God. <laughs> So yes, that's where we left them. Jessica thinks she's riding high. She's going to, you know, become the pre-eminent cheerleading squad of Sweet Valley. But Heather knows only one of them can make it to regionals. And that would be the one that's official at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yes, that's where we left off. And we do not have, of course, taglines and blurbs for, uh, or even a singular tagline for part two. But what we do have is covers. Now, first of all, we are going to discuss the UK cover. Mm-hmm. It's a dud, unexpected, unsurprisingly. I mean, yeah, they <laughs> in a, in a twist that will surprise absolutely no one. Um, guess what? It's a green silk background. Hooray! Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So the random stuff they've found in a press in Bantam offices in London mm-hmm. uh, include a singular pom pom, just the one, just one. Um, Barely even red. looks like a pom pom. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I guess when you're looking at a slightly low res image, it is kind of hard to make it out. But yeah. It is definitely a pom-pom. Look, in fairness, it's red and white, which are the Sweet Valley colours. So we'll give them that. That's um, true. Though combined yeah. with the green, it has a sort of Christmas vibe. 
It does, in fairness, yeah. Mm. So we have uh, the one pom-pom. We, it's just a pom if it's just one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe. Tell us, <laughs> listeners. Um, there's like red ribbons kind of strewn about the place. I think there might be two red feathers for... Who knows why? Um, oh, yeah, they are. They do look all like feathers. Do, They're sort of they? amid the ribbons. Yeah, there's a teeny tiny American flag. Um, just one, just a, oh, one teeny <laughs> teeny tiny flag. I guess I the, they were thinking like cheerleaders are American. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a little cheerleading trophy. Actually, the flag might be attached to that, or maybe oh. it's a separate like teeny piece of bunting or something. I have no idea what's going on. Oh, it's very um, hard to tell. Yeah, so we've got like a tiny little cheerleading trophy. God knows where they dug that up from. Um, so it's a little, a little silver cheerleader with her pom poms aloft. Um, oh, it like looks like this cheerleading trophy in Buffy, and if you know, you know. Oh shit! So it does. And actually, uh-huh. to be fair, more so than a trophy, it looks like the bit on the top of a trophy. Like it looks like yes. it's just been snapped off an actual big trophy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really small. It's so small. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is the vibe anyway for the the UK cover. So you know what? It, to be fair, it's more accurate than other covers, which like mm. randomly had a weird rubber mask on them for absolutely <laughs> no fucking reason. True. <laughs> so, you know what? Efforts were made, and they're certainly not the worst that we've seen. <laughs> well, I know what's going to be an improvement on this. Now I haven't mm. seen it yet. This is another surprise for me. <laughs> Live it, reactions. <laughs> it is, of course, beloved friend of the show, Cresta Burton has created another tableau. <laughs> now, can you describe for a little reminder the basics of what was on the original? Just the, the general scene it was depicting. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, Hang on a second there. Let me see. So yeah, it was it was Jessica's cheerleading squad. Uh, I was going to say in action, but they're not really. It's pretty much just Jess and Liz. Like one of them is jumping in the air. We think it's... Yeah. Liz, because her hair was tied back. Jessica's kind of standing in front of the group, kind of looking over her shoulder at them. The rest of the girls are in the background. None of them look like who they're supposed to be. No, Um, not at all. And then off to the side in the bleachers, uh, we've got Heather and we thought Amy, I think at the time, uh, suspiciously uh, watching the uh, the practice or flouncing as it it may be. They're out on the football pitch or, you know, out, out practicing, basically out on the field. Um, so we've kind of two girls off to the side watching the proceedings and yep. then the cheer squad, mostly standing around with one of them kind of leaping in the air. There is no way those observers are Heather and Amy, <laughs> not with those outfits or hair. No, but. indeed. But that appears to be what we're going for here. Well, now let's see what Crest has created <laughs> for us. I'm hitting open on the bed. Oh! <laughs> wow, it is a hundred percent more an accurate depiction of the characters than the um than the actual official cover. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> can you describe it, please? Do you know what? I can do one better and I can give you Cressida's uh, alt text <gasps> description, oh, which goes into perfect. great, great yes. detail. So I'm going to give it to you in her own words, which are fantastic. So Go on. as described by Cressida, we have a very loose recreation of the US cover of Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High Book 113, The Pom Pom Wars with Barbie dolls. Blonde <laughs> Jessica Wakefield, rebelliously enjoying a sugar filled lollipop, looks back in despair at her newly formed cheer squad. <laughs> her twin Liz, inaccurately ginger here, she wishes, but hey, <laughs> is waving her blue pom pom rather vaguely, probably distracted by thoughts of lovely Ken. Lila, resplendent in a blue flouncy jacket and heels and with purple pom-pom ofs, is catching some rays while enjoying a posh sippy drink. Not much cheerleading going on there. 
Maria on the right is the only one concentrating. On the far <laughs> right of the picture, Heather Malone crouching on the bleachers, complete with binoculars and crunchy fat-free carrots to gnaw on. <laughs> on observation, <laughs> this sneaky bitch. Cheerleader! <laughs> oh my god, this is a thing of beauty. We will post it, of course. Because it is... it's all the extra details. It's the carrots, it's the lollipop. It's carrots, the oh my god. <laughs> Inspired! Bravo! Love it. <laughs> oh, well then, that psyched us up. Uh, because give us a P, give us an O, give us an M, do it again. It's the Bob Bob War. Hooray! <laughs> Part two. Absolutely. <laughs> so we begin in the Spanish child's kitchen, and Jessica is on the phone to Lila, and Lila's delivered some shocking news. Yeah, so Jessica has just found out that only one squad from any school can enter the regional cheerleading competition. So Lila has revealed this bad news to her um, on a Sunday morning when she was just eating her pancakes or eating her cereal or whatever. Um, But yeah, apparently Heather rang Lila up and uh, kindly pointed out that uh, she'd check out page 22 of whatever fucking rule book they apparently have and go by. (laughs) So Jessica is determined to ring Mr. Jenkins, who's the the American Cheerleading Association scout, uh, because she's like, this my rule might be sort of on the books, but I bet hmm. they don't. I bet they don't enforce it. And of course, she can talk them into making an exception. Um, so he only lives in Bridgewater, and she looks up his number in the book and calls him. Um, and she she tells him what's happened. She says that like she was on Heather Malone's squad. I mean, my squad. Um, and she's formed her own team. But no joy. Rules are rules and she can't do anything mm. about it. And uh, this guy has already scouted Sweet Valley High once and that's it. Like he can't yeah. go back for, you know, for seconds. Um, mm. But Liz makes the point that he didn't say it was impossible for Jessica's squad to replace Heather's. Yeah, Liz keeps kind of like goading Jessica slightly where she's like, you know, he didn't say that. And Jess is like, well, what are you getting at? And it's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just surprised you'd give up so easily. So she's kind of leading her to like yeah. figure this out and what the uh, the solution to this is. So eventually she kind of says this a few times. So, you know, I'm so surprised that you're giving up. This isn't like you. That Jessica eventually, uh, light has a light bulb moment and uh, says... She's got an idea now. So she uh, orders Liz to run upstairs and put on her cheerleading uniform because she's going to call the rest of the squad. Um, Because apparently if the regional scout won't come to Jessica Wakefield, Jessica Wakefield will just have to go to the regional scout. And she does. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, we cut to Bridgewater and poor Mrs. Jenkins answers (laughs) the door to Jessica and her crew. And Mr. Jenkins is out. So they decide they'll just wait for him outside, which is uh, to to Mrs. Jenkins' huge relief because they were just going to barge into her house. Then his car pulls up and uh, Jessica says, all right, let's go. Hits a button on a tape. And snatches up her pom-poms and they spring into action. They do. So yeah, Mr. Jenkins has come in from like doing the big shop that week. Yeah. Uh, he comes home to find a, a, a pyramid of cheerleaders in his driveway, basically. <laughs> um, so Jess and Lila are flanking the pyramid. They're stamping their feet and chanting. They start up this cheer that Jessica has written. Oh my um, God. He kind of he gets out of the car and kind of is there holding his like bags of groceries. <laughs> 
<laughs> just watching this routine. Um, so like the music is really fast. The routine is going really well. The girls do brilliantly and like everyone pulls off their moves perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they I think Jess and Liz finish off in the middle doing these like side by side splits. So he uh, he applauds them and says they put on a great show. He did, even though their t- their uh, trademark cheer is, we've got the beat and their team's got the heat. We will defeat any rivals we meet. Is that the best you could do? I don't know, man. But you know, they've got all that school spirit. Apparently that makes up for a lot. <laughs> well, he does say it's dazzling, their mm. routine. It's highly technical and very original. And Jessica's like, oh, I've incorporated some modern dance choreography into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he thinks it's great. There's twins. It's very impressive. And he's like, look, I'm afraid not. Only one team from a school can compete. And I've already given that spot to Heather's squad. Hmm. Basically, he can't take it away from them. Yes. They earned it. And Jessica's like, they stole it. And uh, Mr. Jenkins has clearly had enough of this nonsense. So he's like, <laughs> try again next year. Yeah. And uh, Jessica is just defeated. She is. Like her shoulders droop and she just kind of trudges off towards the Jeep alone, which is kind of funny because there's obviously seven other girls standing there watching her. It's like, uh, where is she going? She's like, half of us got to lift with her. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they start carpooling back to Sweet Valley and Liz is in the car with Patty and Jade. Um, Jessica's in front of them and mm-hmm. uh, we're told she's usually a speedy driver, but she was <laughs> setting a funeral procession pace. I mean, given the way she people in this town drive, probably for the best she's going to Do you to know what? Me. It's no fucking harm. And maybe they're all wearing seatbelts for once in their fucking lives as well. Who knows? <laughs> Well, Patty and Jade admit that despite the fact that their heart belongs to dance, they've grown <laughs> to love cheering. And Liz is like, oh, you know, there's always next year. Maybe she can, you know, get some sort of official status. Yeah. Uh, or we could, you know, you could try for Heather's squad. And the other girls are like, no way. We would never cheer for her. Her whole thing is excluding people. Whereas Jessica yeah. was actually bringing a new range of talent. And I cannot believe I'm praising Jessica Wakefield I- for <laughs> inclusivity, but it's true. Same, like even though like she literally did run this squad on knocking people out and being horrible to them <laughs> at this point in the series, she was actually like opening the squad up and bringing in different people. And yeah, you, again, you know, you you hate to see yourself praising Jessica, but sometimes <laughs> she surprises us. <laughs> it's true. So Patty turns the radio on and the uh, the local station is playing the Sweet Valley High football game against mm. El Caro. Um and it looks like El Caro are winning because Sweet Valley High are just being trounced. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly, ahead of them, the Jeep breaks suddenly and Patty nearly smashes into it. And now Jessica's <laughs> signaling for everybody to pull into the parking lot of a convenience store. So they're like, what the fuck is going on here? But they do follow <laughs> Jessica's lead. And when they pull up, Jessica springs into battle mode. Absolutely, yeah. So she says the football game, were you listening? Um, so she says they're going to stop by because the gladiators could use their help. Uh, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but Jess is like, yeah, let's just, you know, we've practiced hard. It's time to show the world what we can do. So uh, her plan is that, you know, they're already in uniform and they're warmed up. So what's to stop them? So they're going to head down to the field because uh, it's nearly half time, uh, and they're just going to go out and do their routine. I think we should let the fans decide, she mm-hmm. says. So they arrive at the match. It's one minute to the halftime whistle. Does it, is it a whistle in American yeah. football? I don't know. I believe so, yes. Um, I, I should remember that from Friday Night Lights, my soul <laughs> exposure to American football. <laughs> so they sneak in under the bleachers. Jessica's got a denim jacket over her cheerleading outfit and she's got some sunglasses on, as if everybody within a 20-mile radius wouldn't recognise Jessica Wakefield as soon as they saw her. But anyway. True, yeah. 
Sneaks up to the uh, to the girl who's obviously doing the sound desk, mm-hmm. and Jessica's like, "Oh, there's been a change. Here's the cheerleading music at half time for half time," and she gives a tape to the girl, and it's like, "Play this instead." And she's like, eh, who authorized this? Just play it. Jessica said firmly. And I guess that Wakefield authority transfers to strangers. There you go. Yeah. Everyone just quailed in the face of Jessica Wakefield making demands. <laughs> so Jessica's like, okay, when the music starts and please, please let it start. Just <laughs> go for it, basically. We have yeah. nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So the clock ticks down. It's halftime and Jess, Heather's gang are getting ready to start their routine when suddenly Jessica's crew run right out of the pitch. They literally storm the field. <laughs> and there's like all this murmuring in the stands when they see this like renegade group of cheerleaders turn up. So before Heather can even react, uh, the Sweet Valley fans all start going crazy. They're all just like hooting their approval, <laughs> applauding, delighted to see them. So Jessica starts off her new cheer and um, the music... <laughs> The music kicks in and no wonder the crowd are going wild for it because it's got a jazzy, irresistible <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> it does. God love them and their love of smooth jazz. They even bring it to the cheerleading routines. They just can't get enough. <laughs> no. Also, like, jazzy rhythms are usually very complicated. They're often, like, syncopated. Like, how is this working? Well, they've got those modern dance sensibilities. Oh, that's true. No, Patty's got this covered. <laughs> I'm just imagining it's now like, oh, we got the beat and our team's got the heat. Oh, maybe they're going more sort of John Coltrane and it's even more uh, avant-garde. I, I, I mean, I do actually like jazz. So. <laughs> but there's just something incredibly funny about this Sweet Valiant's weird devotion to it. Um, got this chill in there with the sex alcove to Thelonious Monk or something. <laughs> anyway, they do their fancy routine. By the time it reaches its stirring climax... Mm-hmm. The fans are on their feet, waving banners and tossing confetti. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah, I guess they'll just come in with their standard bag of confetti for a football game. I don't know. <laughs> so the crowd losing their minds, as they mm-hmm. so frequently do in this town. And Jessica's delighted that Ken is watching it all. But that is not the best thing, because... For the first time she since she'd moved to Sweet Valley, we're told, confident, beautiful Heather Malone appeared to be at a total loss. Yeah, she's just standing on the sidelines. Her squad are lined up. They say lined up behind her. There's like three other girls on this squad. Oh my God, don't um, get me started on that. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, but Jessica is just getting to revel in all this because Heather is stunned, doesn't know what to do. Jessica's in charge. She's waving to the crowd and blowing kisses, uh, laughing her head off and thinking mirror, mirror on the wall. Now who's got the fairest cheerleading squad of all? <laughs> I mean, she's so terrifyingly confident in this book and it's actually quite satisfying. Well, this is the thing, because she's up against Heather, who we know is a huge bitch and basically what Jessica was usually like in the early books. But, you know, now she's a bad guy. So I guess that's what that behaviour is. Well, I'm glad somebody in the Sweet Valley Ghosting team has seen such behaviour for (laughs) what it is. Yeah. 
So later on, she struts into the Dairy Burger to a huge reaction. Bruce Patman booms, really off, awesome, Wakefield. And then uh, plants a kiss on Jessica's cheek, gives Ken a playful punch. It's back, hooray. (laughs) We just love it. The whole place is going bananas for the cheerleaders. They're all delighted because apparently they were the sole reason that the team then went out in the second half and made a huge comeback and actually won the game in the end. Okay, that's how it works, I guess. I mean, it is the same principle as the sort of people telling you to, Mm -hmm. you know, come out of a coma or whatever. So (laughs) You come out of that coma right now. (laughs) You've got the beat and you can't be beat. Yeah, <laughs> but not everybody's happy because Amy storms over. Oh, she does, and she tearfully demands of Jessica how she could possibly have done that to them. Um, but Jessica kind of points out that, like, you know, this isn't anything personal, and Heather didn't give me much of a choice, and also did this exact same thing to me a few times uh-huh. at this stage. Um, but Amy's just not having it. She's saying it is personal and you made me look an idiot in front of the whole school. So Jessica's like, so how did it feel? <laughs> but um, yeah, Amy's just really upset by this. She's like, I guess we're not friends anymore. And before Jessica can actually reason with her at all, uh, Amy has run off crying. Bear in mind that Amy literally refused to be seen talking to Jessica in the cafeteria because Heather <laughs> wouldn't like her. So mm. Jessica owes you fucking nothing, Amy, right now. Very true, yeah. Um, so this tarnishes the moment, we're told, but only slightly because Jessica's the star of the show and Heather apparently has gone home in a sulk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone's raving over Jessica and we're told the praise was like candy. She couldn't get it off. <laughs> yeah, that's so Jessica. <laughs> so yeah, everyone just thinks she's great. They're all like, oh my God, so are you taking over the, the cheer squad? Is this the new cheer squad? And there's just there's loads of support basically for Jessica's new squad. So she's just absolutely reveling in uh, in all this and what a what a great idea it all turned out to be in the end. Well, she thinks she's back in the spotlight and now she just has to make sure she stays there. Mm-hmm. We cut to Monday and Jessica is hurrying to Chrome Dome's office where Rosemary, his secretary, of course, is standing <laughs> guard. And uh, she nearly calls her uh, him, uh, not she being Jessica, not Rosemary, nearly calls him <laughs> Chrome Dome by mistake um, as she asks for him. And the ghostwriter is so fucking mean about Rosemary. Oh my God, this was so, like <laughs> shots fired for absolutely no reason at poor <laughs> Rosemary. Like they talk about her like thinly penciled eyebrows, like wispy overplucked eyebrows. Oh, oh, come on. Like half these fucking girls don't have overplucked eyebrows. It's in the, the 90s. 90s. No one has any, no one has eyebrows in the 90s. <laughs> what are they talking about? Um, Yeah. And just talking about how she's like barricading the door like a dragon guarding a treasure trove. And it's just, it's really randomly mean to Rosemary for, as we said, no reason. <laughs> she's even got bifocals. Uh, Barry Focals come to us all, Jessica. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get too cocky about that. <laughs> so Jessica goes into Chrome Dome and makes her case and hmm. uh, she makes a really good point when she says it's not fair Heather's squad should automatically get to go to regionals because the cheerleading competition is about school spirit but we know how much they mm-hmm. love that oh. and whereas Heather formed her team by kicking people out and Jessica formed hers by inviting people in and she's sure that if the student body could vote um they would want Jessica squad to represent them yeah. at regionals. And her her words move Chrome Dome. 
They do. And he was also at the game on Saturday. So he actually did see the big turnaround that um, that Jessica's squad made like a proper difference to the team and, and the, the whole school spirit of it and the motivation to go out and win the game. So he does actually think that, um, you know, that this might actually be a, a good idea to have yeah. the school vote. So he says, yes, that it's a democratic idea uh, because it should be the school, you know, the, the students cheerleading squad competing, like not yours or Heather's, but Sweet Valley High's. So he says, we'll have a, what shall we call it? A cheer off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he does say, uh, you know, you can display your talents in front of the entire student body after school, of course. That, of course, does not go without saying, Crown no. because we know the priorities of this establishment. I know, it's like, ah, oh, it's only double chemistry. Don't worry about it. We're going to do a cheer off instead. That's more important. <laughs> Come on, would any of us be surprised if they'd done that? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> so Jessica is so happy she was almost tempted to kiss old Chrome Dome and his polished pink head. Good heavens. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to Liz, who is at an Oracle meeting, and uh, Penny is really happy with the Pom Pom Moore story and is like, Do you think you could do a follow up? This is also fucking unethical. Oh, ridiculously so. Like, because obviously, like, Liz has been writing this article about the pom-pom wars, but like is on one of the teams that yes. is in this competition against each other. So, Penny, what's going on here? You should be the one writing this as an actual objective uh, uh-huh. observer. But anyway. Um, there's another backhanded compliment against cheerleaders where she's like, oh, I always thought they were just there for decoration. But actually, that performance was so good. It's changed my mind. And uh, Liz is like, well, you know, if we do do a follow-up, the pom-pom, it's going to be very anticlimactic because the pom-pom mm. awards are over and Heather's team won and basically yeah. reveals what happened with Mr. Jenkins. But uh, then, to my great delight, a familiar face returns. <gasps> and who could it be? Why? <laughs> it's Mr. Collins. Oh, hooray. I feel like it's been ages. <laughs> oh, feels like years. Um... But yeah, he's back. Um, he's reviewing some upcoming deadlines and demonstrating a few additional tricks for using Infomax, yes. um, aka uh, the real life Lexus Nexus, which of course now we know Librarian Paramore must have been using to find out stuff about <laughs> Nora and Marco. Oh my God, Cordelia, that shady bitch. She was bed into Infomax, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> So when the Oracle meeting is over, most of the kids go off to get lunch. Uh, but Liz wants to stay and experiment with Infomax. And Mr. Collins is doing some editing work. And when mm-hmm. Liz gets up to go, um, Mr. Collins, and in fairness, this is genuinely very sweet and not yeah. creepy. He's like, oh, I want to congratulate you on your newfound talent. Because um, apparently he and Teddy, his son, were at the game. And te- now Teddy can't wait to boast to his friends that his favourite back- ba- his favorite babysitter doesn't just tell the best stories. He can do a cartwheel and backflips too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because out of nowhere, it turns out Liz was an amazing gymnast and so was Lila. But, you know, yeah. that's fine. I'm sorry. As somebody who was also a, like, somebody who preferred to loll around reading books and hanging out with my friends, and uh, like, as Liz did as 16, I may have been very slim, which I was. I could know, I know upper body strength. Like, I could, I absolutely could not have done a cartwheel. <laughs> Backflip, forget it. I could barely get over a pommel horse in gym. Like, how is Liz, who has never done any sports whatsoever, suddenly become this somersaulting because she's a Wakefield obviously 
just the implication is like you know what if you're like a size six I was going to say a size mm-hmm. 10 because that's what a size 6 is on this side of the Atlantic you can just do anything really just like yeah. bust out some <laughs> fucking backflips like for Why not? no reason <laughs> I mean if I had tried to do a, a, a backflip there would have been a terrible accident oh yeah I, I would have died and you do a cartwheel. I've always been very jealous of people who can't. No, same. I've always like, yeah, ever since I was a kid and probably could have had a go. I've always mm. been like, well, I can't do that, but I wish I could. And I'm so jealous of everyone that can. Same. <laughs> yeah. But never Not- went to any particular effort to learn or try and do it. Well, also same. <laughs> well, based on this, though, we wouldn't have needed to make any effort to yeah. learn. We'd just be just spring into action. Mm. Just start tumbling away. That's it. We just didn't want it enough. <laughs> oh, well, that is the Sweet Valley way. So mm-hmm. Mr. Collins warns Liz that like, in a jokey way as well, because Liz yeah. says she's like, she's, she's getting into it. It's actually really fun. But he's like, oh, you know, don't sprain your wrists. And she says she'll type with her toes if she has to, to get a story <laughs> out. And then Mr. Collins asks how that friend of hers that she went clearly desperately looking for advice about is getting on. And he offers quite wise counsel. Yeah. Um, well, this is the thing. Yeah, because I suppose in the first the first half of the book, all those months ago, uh, she did come to Mr. Collins with like, oh, my friend. Uh, and kind of basically confided in him the whole Ken Todd thing without any names, but clearly talking about herself. And um, yeah, so he reckons that uh, the best advice he actually could have given her because he's been thinking about it since is just that honesty is the best policy. Um, mm. And she's like, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> so his point is that... Um, Look, this this friend of hers um, should do the right thing. If she doesn't tell her boyfriend, it's just going to keep eating away at her. Um, and Liz mm. realizes that he's right. And it was that thing where, like, she came to him for advice, but she already knew what the answer was. She just needed to hear it from somebody else. Um, so yeah, so she decides, okay, I'll tell my friend right away <laughs> that she's just going to have to bring it up with her boyfriend. Um, but you know, he might be upset. But down the road, their relationship will be stronger, right? Um, so he says, well, you know, there's no guarantees, um, but maybe he'll understand. And the important thing is that she'll be able to live with herself and won't have this huge thing hanging over her constantly. And it's actually extremely sensible advice from Mr. Collins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who clearly knows that this is not a friend. (laughs) No, he even pauses at one point and he's like, your friend. (laughs) Like, he knows the score here. (laughs) But he's actually very sweet. He is. So Liz is is pondering Mr. Collins' advice as she enters the cafeteria where Chrome Dome has some news over the intercom. It's a cheer off. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it's been announced to the whole school now and everybody is losing their fucking minds. Uh, there's uproar in the cafeteria <laughs> when she comes in. Uh, so people are arguing over which squad is better. Um, everyone has an opinion, apparently. But there is a really funny line where like some unnamed person is saying, uh, what makes Jessica think she can just take over the whole way sports are run at Sweet Valley High? To which I have to ask, what way are sports run at Sweet Valley High? Because why are there no <laughs> Adults involved in any of this at all. It's crazy. Oh my god! I mean, we have we have always had many questions about the way sports are run at that school. So, like, all bets are off. Why shouldn't a random student just take over and organize tear offs? Somebody needs to be in charge here. <laughs> I do like the fact that in this scene, uh, the extras are extraing, as we mm. like to say in uh, in the clubhouse of Phi Beta Alpha, <laughs> because uh, Phi Beta Alpha listeners know that the Sweet Valley High TV series extras are f- very fond of saying off camera things like, whoa, way to go. She's so cool. Awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, we literally, this time, people go, uh, No way, Heather's squad is much better. She's in a class by herself. She's dynamite. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but Jessica, of course, is surrounded by fans and questioners. And uh, she puts an arm around Liz and is like, It's really clear why we have an edge. The old squad used to have one Wakefield twin, but now it is none. Well, mine is two. <laughs> yeah, she, she like ropes Liz into this like it's it's almost like an impromptu press conference as yeah. she puts it because she is just being like bombarded by questions by all these students surrounding them. Um, so uh, yeah, so Jessica just says that uh, you know she has she has no regrets and they're going to go to regionals. But then a voice snaps at her that uh, nothing's going to get her to regionals <gasps> because here's here comes Heather marching up. Um, and Jessica is completely unruffled by Heather's appearance. She's just like, oh, you know, I love that dress. I saw the exact same one at Lizette. But I didn't buy it because I didn't think the colour would be good on a blonde. Anyway, <laughs> like it's very cutting. It's wonderful because like Heather has all this kind of shit coming because she is a terrible person. <laughs> oh, 100%. And actually Jessica's interactions with her are so satisfying throughout mm. because she doesn't lose her cool. And she's just like a total bitch, but it's to somebody who deserves it. This is the thing. When it's deserved, it's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> So, and Heather is totally losing her mind because Jessica's like, oh, can you spare a few minutes for practice this afternoon to, you know, talk through the procedure with the cheer off? And Heather's like, do I have a choice? And Mm -hmm. Jessica's loving it. She's like, oh, yeah, sure you do. With a playful grin. You could use to boycott the cheer off or forfeit. Um, (laughs) Then my squad could save her energy for regionals. And Heather's like, we'll be at the cheer off and we'll prove to the world that you're just looking for attention. I mean, she always is. So that just goes without saying. I mean, yeah, but also so is Heather. Like, this is what this is all about, lads. Let's not pretend like you're not both attention seekers and loving the spotlight. (laughs) Well, Heather literally flounces off and Liz and Jessica just burst out laughing. And Mm. Jessica's like, you know what? If we could go out and scared to death of that girl, don't know if you would have been Jessica. We're just purely (laughs) hate her. But anyway, uh, she says she's showing, Heather is showing her true colours and Jessica isn't the only one who could see. Mm. So... Oh my God, about fucking time. We come yeah. to later that afternoon and Enid has been urgently summoned to the Casadel Wakefield uh, because Todd is picking up for Liz for a pizza date in half an hour. But Liz just has to finally talk things through with Enid beforehand. This is the thing, because literally nobody other than Jessica because of the blackmail uh, mm. <laughs> knows about this whole Liz and Ken thing so she gets Enid over she's all kind of jittery and Enid's kind of freaking out she's like what is going on you act like you're about to give me a spy mission like literally uh, what's happening <laughs> so she she tells all to Enid yes uh, and she's just like oh my god you hate me don't you this is terrible but Enid's very understanding in fairness um and uh, and yeah she's just like look obviously you have to tell Todd because this is clearly bothering yes. you um but um, yeah, and she obviously kind of works out that like it's because Jessica and Ken are together now and this is why it's all like extra driving Liz crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's also surprised that that Jessica didn't kill her the minute she found out about her <laughs> as well. <laughs> so Liz also tells her then about the whole blackmail side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he's like, oh yeah, okay, that does sound more like Jessica. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she says, look, it's the right thing to do. I'm behind you all the way. Um, and she's just really trying to be supportive of Liz here, who's just kind of, she is freaking out still. And she's like, what if he just storms out of the pizza place and never wants to see me again? And she's really kind of working herself up almost to tears. But Enid's just like, look, it won't happen that way. He'll be shocked and he might need some time to himself, but like he'll figure out in the grand scheme of things, it is just kind of a blip. Yeah. And um, so 
it'll be grand, but you have to tell him. Like yes. you didn't want to hurt his feelings. That's why you kept it for so long. So yeah, Enid is a great friend here, I feel like as well. And is just being very lovely and supportive to Liz. It doesn't judge her or anything. Like it's, yeah. it's quite nice. And it's very realistic. It's exactly mm. what your friend would say. Oh yeah. If, uh, in, in these circumstances. And she does, you know, like she tells me she's been completely overthinking all this, which is true. Yeah. My favourite moment of this conversation is, however, when Liz reminds Enid of, where, of how sad she was when Todd went to Vermont and Enid's like, oh yeah, I remember. You met Jeffrey though and then Todd moved back. So you weren't lonely forever. She wasn't lonely for longer than like five fucking minutes before her <laughs> and Jeffrey shacked up. Like, <laughs> the idea that she was pining away and then she finally found love. Yeah, it was like two days later. <laughs> Probably about two books. Though I guess at least hashtag poor Jeffrey has been remembered. Oh, he's been mentioned at least. Jesus, the poor guy. <laughs> so we cut to Guido's where Liz is hoovering up a pizza because she needs energy for the cheer off the next day. Yes. And uh, speaking of the cheer off reminds Todd that he and Winston and Ken were going to make flyers and banners uh, to promote the squad because they're like mm. a bunch of proud boyfriends. And he's <laughs> like, Ken, let's go to make a banner. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I suppose she'd kind of been stealing herself for this conversation, but now Todd has brought up Ken and how great he is. Um, so she's just like, oh God, um, this is actually getting even harder now because now we're just talking about Ken and, and you know, obviously Todd is so fond of him. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm going to have to tell him. And once he knows everything, Jessica won't have any more power <gasps> over her. But uh, right when she is just kind of like, okay, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this. Uh, who should turn up in Guido's? <laughs> Why? It's Ken and Jessica. And Todd asks them to join he, him and Liz. But mm. uh, Jessica's like, oh, you know, I see a nice table for two by the waterfall. They remember it as a waterfall. <laughs> the stupid water features. Yes. I love it. <laughs> so they go and take their waterfall seat. And Todd just raves about how in love Ken is. And insults Liz's sister. Like, bring it in, Todd. Because, like, I don't really understand what Ken sees in Jessica. But I gotta say this much. <laughs> she's making him happy. Like, this is the thing. We know there's no love lost between Todd and Jessica. But, like, you don't slag off. <laughs> Like you don't slag her off to her sister, you know, when your girlfriend's sister. Like you just don't know. Obviously, Liz can slag her off, but for yeah. Todd, it's like no, 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 no. Just, just reel it in a teeny bit, okay? <laughs> well, uh, Todd also says that Ken, you know, has never been in, in love like this before. Mm. Like all the time, by the way, Liz is just imagining what Liz or what Ken and Jessica mm. will be doing on their date. But Todd says, you know, he's dating a lot of girls, really cute, nice girls. But the other day he told me he'd only been in love once before and Liz feels her face go pale and then flush because she knows in her gut who that other girl was. It's her. <laughs> Terry who? <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Basically left for dead. <laughs> Terry and Ken literally went out for like 40 books. 60 know, maybe? Like, they deserved more than a throwaway. Oh, they broke up and Terry's never mentioned again. And <laughs> like in fairness. The only girl oh. he's ever loved before was Liz and their secret <laughs> affair. Of course. <laughs> You're just killing time with Terry, I suppose. <laughs> well, Todd then, and this sounds, this only makes sense as something a teenage boy would say if he did know the truth and was kind of trying to push her into mm. admitting it because he's all like, loyalty, that's what friendship is all about. Um... You know, I do anything for Ken and he do anything for me. And it's all about trust. And uh, Liz is like, oh, fuck, I cannot tell him. And, uh, and also, she's still in love with Ken. It's not just a blip. This is yeah. 
This is all consuming. And she thinks, sorry, Mr. Collins, but I guess I'm just going to have to be eaten alive. Oh dear. Yeah. And in fairness, like it would be very difficult to tell them when literally Ken is there <laughs> in the room, like a few tables away, just by that waterfall. <laughs> but this is never going to work. True. Well, we cut to school the next day and Jessica's literally strutting down the corridor. Apparently, both uh, squads of cheerleaders are wearing their uniforms, as is tradition, on the day of a big game. And she's like sexily strutting her stuff. And she thinks when it comes to cheerleading, I'm the best there is. Heather may be hot, but I'm volcanic. You don't say, what unrelatable confidence. (laughs) But, you know, good for her. I mean, <laughs> couldn't be me, but good for her. <laughs> Especially not at 16. Nice, no. uh, <laughs> Nobody look at me. <laughs> well, Je- Amy approaches her and uh, is like, can we talk? And Jessica's like, yes, I believe we both have the capability of speech. <laughs> and Je- Amy's like, oh, for fuck's sake, and just yanks her into the loo. <laughs> And uh, she apologises. Yeah, Jessica is stunned. Uh, But yeah, Amy clearly has gotten a hold of herself. She was like, look, I was out of control. I didn't mean what I said. It was just, you know, the heat of the moment. And I felt really humiliated. But afterwards, you know, she thought about it and realised that her squad did actually have this coming, considering everything that Heather had pulled Uh uh, previously. So she's like, look, even though we're on rival squads, I still want us to be friends. And I don't care if it ticks Heather off. So like, good for Amy, because she's starting to show an actual bit of backbone for the first time in this book anyway. Yeah. So she praises Jessica saying that, you know, it took a lot of guts to go out there and form her own squad. And she said, look, you guys are really good. Not as good as us, obviously. But um, but they do kind of make up and hug and they even get a little bit tearful, I suppose, because they are pals. Like, So it is nice that they've they've worked it out. Well, Amy says no matter who wins the cheer off, they'll still be friends. And Jessica's like, right. But we're told there was no doubt in her mind which squad was going to win the (laughs) cheer off and reign supreme at Sweet Valley High forevermore. I mean, they'll forever forever be in high school. So yeah, that checks out actually. (laughs) Normally you'd be like, you've only got one year left, but not in this case. Mm -mm. (laughs) This is forever. (laughs) So we cut to lunchtime and yet again, these Absolute freaks have pulled out all the stops. The entire school mm-hmm. is decorated with streamers, balloons, posters, and pennants proclaiming, quote, the superior talent, beauty, and popularity of the two rival cheerleading squads. Like, there was literally, this was announced the day before. They have had less than 24 hours to pull this together. Whatever Sweet Valley, like the print shop has just been doing over time <laughs> to get all this stuff done. Because apparently, like, yeah, uh, Amy's boyfriend and Annie's boyfriend have printed up a load of posters with huge photos of Heather and the squad. Like Todd, Ken and Winston are like spearheading the other campaign. <laughs> like they've spent all night making buttons and banners for something that's literally happening the following day and will be over in about 20 minutes. It's wild. So uh, Liz comes into the canteen and uh, she's really embarrassed about wearing the uniform to school. It's a bit weird that they have to do that because it's it's a very short skirt. Though, I mean, like they're not going around wearing shorts all the time. Um, But anyway, she and Enid find a quiet corner and Enid's like, so how did it go? And um, I, I really hate the fact that this book has such a gross attitude to food because we're told Elizabeth squeezed a packet of locale dressing Ugh. onto her salad. Like, lest you think she's having a balsamic vinaigrette on that thing. It's just it's so unhealthy. 
it's this book actually is particularly bad and like even characters otherwise normal characters that don't get in on all this weird gross diet stuff are making stupid comments and yep. it's just there's just no need for it oh it's insidious mm. So Edith offers wise advice. She's like, look, I know you're concerned about hurting Todd's feelings and, you know, that's good. But what about you? Like, you, like basically you're a basket case. Yeah. But um, before Liz can answer, she's literally dragged out of her chair. Yeah, yeah. Jessica has reefed her out of the chair uh, and pulled her over to a space where all the, the tables have been cleared. And like the rest of the squad are like standing up on the table. So she's... Pulled up onto the table after Jessica and Jessica's basically doing like a little impromptu pep rally, I guess. For, Literally. Uh, for how great their squad is. Yeah. <laughs> and then people start chanting Jessica's mm-hmm. squad's signature cheer. Incredible. Oh We've God. got the beat. <laughs> Our team's got the heat. You can only presume someone's whipped out a jazz flute at this point. I don't even know. Get your there trumpet out. <laughs> So yeah, they're like they're marching around the table. There's people waving banners. Wonderfully though, Winston grabs some of the guys standing nearby and formed an impromptu all male kick line. Oh, I would pay to see that. I was sure, by the way, that that table was going to collapse. I know they're like stamping their feet on this thing, jumping up and down. Like it is not safe. (laughs) Someone releases a bunch of red and white helium balloons, which I guess they just happen to have. Who is funding these campaigns? All this shit costs money, guys. <laughs> I mean, they don't have a budget for the Fowler Memorial Hospital <laughs> Children's Award. <laughs> They've got a balloon budget. Sorry, children. There'll be no hospital this year. The cheerleaders are having a cheer up. <laughs> Would you like one of our spare giant posters of Heather and her team? Here's a button that says vote for Jessica. <laughs> God, it's on hinge. Oh so uh, Liz can't help laughing and she's like, you know, the great cheer off is shaping into one of the biggest events in recent Sweet Valley High history. Now, was that before or after Jessica almost getting married um, <laughs> and uh, the whole serial killer thing and, you know, you come back having been tangled up with a werewolf? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I did like that they specified recent sweet values and let's say the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, time does have no meaning, so yes. It's true. <laughs> so we cut to the cheer off where we're told the Sweet Valley High gymnasium looked like a half time looked like half time at the Super Bowl. I mean, I fully believe it. Yeah, absolutely. This school is nuts about sports and cheerleading. Like, it's so funny that there's not one single student who's just like, oh, fuck this. We're going to go smoking fags around the back of the shed. Like, no, everybody has fully bought into this whole thing. It is terrifying. So as the girls warm up, Jessica sees Ken and she's just full of love. But actually, in in kind of really healthy way, she just like, this just feels so nice. How did it happen? Why didn't it happen sooner? So it's it's actually really realistic. It's very wholesome, isn't it? Which yes. is like never the case with Jessica and any of her relationships. But this one is just very sweet. And she is just so delighted that they're having such a lovely time together. Yeah. It's very nice. So it all kicks off. Mr. Cooper and Coach Schultz never plays a blind bit of notice to the cheerleaders spend the rest of the time. But nope. <laughs> um, he's the athletic director now, I guess. Oh, Maybe he, he always was. Yeah, I don't know. He seemed to coach every <laughs> single sport. But anyway. That's true. Uh, That's a pretty loosey-goosey setup. <laughs> So they flip a coin and Jessica's team are on first. Mm-hmm. So 
they're uh, all nervous, but Jessica psychs them up and seeing Ken boosts her mood. And of course, mm-hmm. they're amazing. They're fantastic. Yeah, everyone jumps with flair and precision and they do a fucking great job. Yeah. Um, so the applause is thunderous and Jessica curtsies to the adoring crowd. Mm-hmm. And she's sure Heather cannot beat this. Um. So she and uh, Liz join Todd and Ken, who like hand them like towels and uh, mm-hmm. and some water. And while Liz is like mopping this perspiration because Wakefields can't sweat, <laughs> she looks at Jessica and Ken, and they just look really happy. Oh yeah, she is feeling jealous about it. She's and then and then feels bad for feeling jealous about yeah. it. And she's like, "Oh God, I'm such a terrible sister. Why can't I just be happy for her?" Um. So yeah. So Coach Schultz then uh, hops on the microphone and introduces the next squad. So all four of Heather's <laughs> squad are up now to do their routine. <laughs> Literally, it's just Heather, Amy, Jean, and Annie. That's it. You can't even do a pyramid. Ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> with our expansive knowledge of cheerleading, <laughs> this is absolute ridiculousness. Like, no way can four girls make up a proper squad. Yeah. It's just, I'm not having it. <laughs> well, maybe they don't need numbers because they launch into a spunky, mm. playful routine. People are tapping their feet and clapping to the beat. Um, <laughs> no one can kick higher, spin faster, or jump cartwheel and flip with more pizzazz. Wow. Yeah, so apparently it's becoming very clear that like the remaining members of uh, Heather's squad really were the kind of the cream of the old uh, the old mm. crew. <laughs> so when they finish, they pose for the crowd, waving like beauty pageant contestants, and people throw tissue wrapped bouquets of flowers at them like they're fucking Maria Callas of the last night in the La Scala. Honest to God, the money being spent on this. <laughs> Absolute scenes. So Jessica's pale as a ghost. Mm. And then it's voting time. And mm. uh, it's in the most dramatic, uh, I don't even know what to call this, voting method, like voting mm. system. Like we have proportional representation in this country. <laughs> they do not have that in Sweet Valley. Oh God, this is so chaotic. Yeah. So basically Chromedome was like, right, whoever wants Jessica's squad, you stand over there. Whoever wants fucking Heather's squad, you stand over on that side. So like this entire auditorium or like gym or wherever the fuck they're doing this is crammed with students who are now having to all like cross each other and and be on opposite sides of this gym like it's ridiculous no wonder it's it is complete chaos like and there's just everyone's really rowdy there's just like it's really noisy and rowdy and everyone's scrambling from one bleacher to race over to another but it's just oh my god I can't believe people haven't gotten injured in this oh there's probably casualties in there somewhere (laughs) they don't count (laughs) so it looks like Jessica's side is uh is the the most full but mm. then by the time everyone settles down their new seats is basically evened out and Chrome Dome and Coach, Coach Schultz um, do some head counts and then they come back uh, and say the impossible appears to have happened it's a tie ridiculous <laughs> It's so silly. Yeah, so Jessica's like, what the fuck? It's a tie. But then Liz notices apparently Mr. Jenkins is <gasps> in the mix uh, yeah, and just... emerges from the audience to go uh, <laughs> chat to Chrome Dome and Coach Schultz. So they start to wonder, is he going to have a deciding vote? Like, what the hell is happening here? So, um, yeah, so the three of them uh, confer for a moment. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll... <laughs> they're all wondering what the hell this can possibly mean. 
Well, Mr. Jenkins takes to the mic uh, because Chrome Dome has announced that he has a delightful solution to our difficult dilemma. Chrome Dome, have you thought about this for five seconds and remembered why <laughs> there are two teams in the first place? Because Mr. Jenkins' solution is that because uh, there's no reason any of this talent should go to waste, so Sweet Valley High can compete with regionals if the two t- if the two teams merge with Jessica and Heather serving as co-captains once more. So we're back to square one, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So the girls will go nuts. Like, Annie hugged Maria. Sandy hugged Jean. Sandy, you are way too forgiving of that bitch. Mm, 100%. Yeah, I'd be holding a grudge for a long time. <laughs> you may have forgotten, Sandy, but we will not. <laughs> I forget, but I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica is the and Heather are the only ones who aren't celebrating. There, mm. Jessica can see her arch enemy's face contort with fury, and she thinks, "Go to regionals, dot dot dot, with Heather, co-captains again, with Heather, never." <laughs> Jessica thought, her hands tightening into fists, never, ever, ever. Oh my god, she is fully throwing a tantrum inside. Uh, so yeah, Heather, she can see Heather is starting to bolt towards all the jumping cheerleaders who are all delighted. Because like all the girls on both squads are just delighted that they're all going to get to go now. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, when Jessica sees this, she runs up as well. So um, she hears Heather saying that uh, she's sorry Mr. Jenkins got their hopes up because they're not going to regionals. <gasps> She'd rather cheer barefoot on hot coals than cheer with that girl, i.e. Jessica. Um, and Jessica faces her own squad and is fuming as well. And she's like, and we're not going to regionals either. Like, surely yeah. that's the point where you're like, OK, cool, we're going to regionals. So because yeah. she is too <laughs> stupid. <laughs> But no, Jess says that they're not going either because she'd rather cheer naked in Siberia than cheer with that girl. And Maria's like, but we've been practicing so hard. If you guys could just fucking work it out, we can all go. But Jessica's like, no, absolutely not. And she's so angry. She's blinded by tears of fury uh, and just turns her back on the squad and walks away. The dream of competing at regionals (laughs) had turned to dust. Oh, the drama. (laughs) So yeah, they both stormed off and the crowd drift out and the cheerleaders are left bereft and rightly angry. Like Amy stamps her foot and says, look, it's not fair. Why should it be up to them to decide if we go to regionals or not? And Lila can't believe she spent all that money on cheerleading (laughs) uniforms. Yeah, so like everyone is just really disappointed because they've all really wanted this now for the last while and they've all worked really hard in fairness. And now just because yeah. Jess and Heather can't get along, they're oh. all getting screwed over. Um, So Liz is kind of surprised that she's disappointed too because yeah. you know, she never really wanted to be a cheerleader and felt like she had more important things to do with her time. But, um, but she agrees with the girls and she's like, she also feels really cheated and disappointed like everyone else. And she's like, you're right, it's not fair. You know, we should all have a say in this and we can't let them get away with being so high-handed about all of this. Um, yeah. But obviously the girls are like, but like, what can we possibly do? Because like the squads have to merge for this to happen and there's just no way they're going to do that. Um, so uh, Lila says, tell you one thing, I'm going to make Jessica pay me back for these <laughs> uniforms. She <laughs> mutters under her breath, which I love. <laughs> Good for you, Lila. <laughs> so they're all like, maybe one of them will step down, but they know that's been possible. And Jean yeah. says, look, it's hopeless. So they all sort of slump out of the gym. Mm. And uh, Jessica's like, oh, you know, Maybe, maybe Jean's right. Maybe it is hopeless. But that word isn't part of Elizabeth's vocabulary. She's a quitter. So uh, she thinks every problem has a solution, apart from this whole thing with Ken and Todd. She literally <laughs> does think that too. <laughs> yeah, but she she vows that she's going to think of something. 
And on that note, we are going to take a little break because, as you know, we are proud members of the Headstuff uh, Podcast Network and Headstuff have a little celebration planned. <gasps> yeah, it's been 10 years of Headstuff. Uh, so it's like the 10th anniversary uh, of Headstuff, which is amazing. I can't believe it's been 10 years. That's kind of mad. Um, but because it's the 10th anniversary, there is indeed a little celebration. And so to mark the occasion, uh, for a limited time only, you can subscribe to Headstuff Plus uh, and enjoy a 14-day free trial to access oh. all the bonus content. So, you know, that, to me, that sounds like a challenge. So basically, <laughs> if you've always kind of wondered about PBA or you're a bit like, mm, maybe I'll give it a go, maybe not, I'm not really into the TV show, you can sign up and have a go for 14 days for free and see what you make of it or try and cram three seasons of PBA into your ears <laughs> in 14 days either, you know, see what, see what the mood takes you. <laughs> and you can hear a little more about it right now. Get ready to celebrate with us as Headstuff hits a remarkable milestone. That's right, it's our 10-year anniversary and we want to celebrate with you. To mark this special occasion, we're rolling out the red carpet with exciting surprises. For a limited time only, you can subscribe to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com and enjoy a 14-day free trial to access ad-free bonus content from all the shows on the network. And if you're already a member, you'll get 20% off all merch from your favourite shows. Thank you for 10 years of support from all the team at Headstuff. And now, back to Sweet Valley. And it's a day after the disastrous cheer-off. Um, but uh, that morning, um, Liz tells Jessica that the cheerleaders are meeting in the library during lunch mm. and uh, she'd better be there. And Liz, Jessica's like, well, what do you mean? I didn't call it. We don't even have a squad anymore. And Liz's like, we called it ourselves. Both squads together. Everyone except Heather, that is. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when Jessica gets there, everyone looks more cheerful than she expected. And then Amy, sounding a bit like Chrome Cooper as she clears her throat, um, has an announcement. Yeah, she says, look, the combined cheerleading squads want to go to regionals uh, and apparently they want Jessica to be their sole captain. So Jessica's kind of gobsmacked by this and she's like, but what about Heather? So Liz tells her that apparently Heather has agreed to stay on the squad, but to step down as captain. She's like, look, it was a tough sell, but, you know, we finally made her see that it was in everybody's best interests. You were here first. You've seniority. And by rights, you should be the one leading uh, the squad to regionals. And Jessica can't believe this, but the girls are all like, yeah, we're totally serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jessica kind of this sinks in and she's like, oh, my God, I wish I'd been there to hear. Here, Heather, resign. I'm the captain. We're all going to regionals. So um, they're all like, okay, so you're you're on for this, basically. And uh, then the girls, okay, this is great. But they're like, look, we know you don't like Heather, but you have to admit that we need her because, you know, she has caught Mr. Jenkins' eye in the first place. Mm. And, you know, she has contributed a lot to the team as, you know, all the points that they're making, even though really all she did was tear the fucking team apart. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, they kind of uh, make her see that, look, Heather does need to be on the squad, but also maybe not to rub her face in it now that she's captain. Um, so, yeah, so Liz is like, yeah, just don't make Heather bitter by gloating. So you, know, you can afford to be generous because you've won out, basically. So she's like, look, at practice this afternoon, let her think she's still calling the shots, you know, just humour her, basically. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but you're in charge and we're all going to regional. So everyone's delighted. And Jessica indulges in a little fantasy of being uh-huh. on stage at reason- regionals, accepting the trophy flanked by the rest of the squad, including Heather, who's now just one of the girls. She thinks I'm back on top where I belong. (laughs) Oh my God, like she didn't think she was back on top the whole time. (laughs) Well, we cut to 2.50 that afternoon. What time Mm -hmm. do they have lunch? This this sort of implied it's 
that's probably about 11 o'clock. Anyway, they, um, they start school at like half six. True. So the, the teenagers are ready for practice and Maria's nervous and it's like, oh shit, what if Heather's late or, Marie, or Jessica's early? Because of course they have a scheme and we can just skim through this because basically Heather turns up and the girls spin her the same yarn as mm-hmm. they did. Yes, it's like, oh, we want you to be our real captain, but indulge Jessica. So, yeah. you know, she thinks she's still like in charge and um she warns she well of course like jessica and her wants jessica off the team but they persuade mm-hmm. her they need jessica and her new girls and the tw- yeah. mr jenkins thought the twin factor was really impressive so uh heather concedes and this time liz had to turn away to hide her smile we did it she whispered surreptitiously high-fiving lila we fooled them both it was ridiculously easy lila whispered back fucking walls i'm lucky those two have such huge egos oh my god this is such a stupid plan you know i just so stupid oh god i mean (laughs) Yes, they are lucky those two have such huge, huge egos. Mm. But also, they're lucky they live in the doziest town <laughs> in the world where nobody ever compares notes and would never say, hang on, I'm actually the captain or, yeah. you know, I <laughs> thought we were having a meeting at this time or... You see, no. Yeah, you can you can make that complete lack of communication work for you in certain circumstances. <laughs> oh, you sure can, as we'll find out quite soon. So... We cut to the Casadel Wakefield and the Wakefield's doorbell rings and when Liz answers it, her cheeks flush scarlet. As they would, because it's Ken. He's uh, <gasps> he's picking Jessica up for a date. They're going up to uh, Las Palmas Canyon for a picnic. And the thought of Jessica and Ken standing at this breathtaking sight at sunset makes Liz sick to her stomach. <laughs> So uh, she calls Jessica, but Jessica's still in the shower. So Liz mm. has to sort of play hostess. And it's like, oh, can I get you a drink? Um, and uh, she she and Ken go into the kitchen and she's like, oh, does he remember that we were in this kitchen making sub sandwiches for a party at my house the first time we kissed? Um, and her, own, her heart is pounding from the memory, but Ken is completely at ease. Oh, completely. Yeah, he's absolutely chill. This is just, she's absolutely losing her mind. Uh, but he's just... Sitting there drinking his iced tea, happy out. Um, so um, yeah, so he asks how they possibly have uh, sorted out all this cheerleading stuff that um, that Jessica is now the, the captain. Um, so Liz decides that uh, she's going to tell him the truth. Uh, she's like, "Do you really want to know?" And he's like, "I'm dying to know." Um, so she tells him, "Look, it's a bit of a conspiracy. You have to promise not to tell Jessica." So I think Liz is kind of enjoying as well having a secret with Ken that's been kept from Jessica. Mm-hmm. So she tells him the whole the whole situation with her and Jess each thinking they're the captain now so he's quite tickled by this and he's like oh my god and they don't know any of this about the other and she's like nope uh they, it's pretty sly huh but um yeah so he you know he just says wow when Jess finds out but Liz apparently says she won't find out till regionals and by then we'll either have won or lost and it won't matter so uh yeah so she says after that Heather and her are free to battle it out but um Ken is just like oh my god you're so devious um, but Liz again is just like, don't you remember? Don't you remember when we both had to be devious? <laughs> like all internal monologuing hugely oh, at this point. <laughs> it's so dramatic and hilarious. It's like, well, we had to sneak around into lies in order to be together, but it was worth it because we couldn't stand to be apart. As oh my notes say, she's going to say something, the maniac. But then, then Liz or Jessica, thank God, saves her from herself and arrives uh, mm. before she could declare her love to Ken. And... Um, 
um, she's like, oh, was Lisbeth telling you what a marvellous cheerleading captain I am? And Ken's like, as a matter of fact, yes. And he winks at Liz over Ken or over Jessica's head, which of course mm. makes Liz swoon. Oh my God. <laughs> and her pulse races because of how close she came to confessing her feelings to Ken. And she's like, I'm glad Jessica came along when she did. At least, I think I'm glad. Oh God. Yeah, she's just completely like doesn't know what to do with herself is just so confused she's like you know it's probably better that I don't tell him like why make things more complicated for him when this is all in my head or you know this is uh-huh. all but um yeah she's just completely confused and incredibly attracted uh because oh, yeah, she she's is. thinking about how, uh, how sweet and adorable Ken is and the wink and she's like we have a secret again him and me so she's just really kind of enjoying this little kind of deviousness thing that they have between them and she's like the balance of powers shifted again but slightly in her favour this time and she's just delighted that it's like I know something Jessica doesn't know for a change which actually is a change in fairness. True but it's also this whole thing telling Ken was massively risky because what if he's like well that's my girlfriend like (laughs) not gonna lie to her. Exactly. (laughs) Well we cut to cheerleading practice on Thursday and things are tense between Jessica and Heather. Jessica's written a new cheer but Heather keeps uh, interrupting her when she tries to mm. show it to the other girls and um, Jessica snaps to Amy Ugh, it's like she thinks she's still captain and Amy's like yeah, yeah don't worry about that no she this is just like teething pains you've got yeah. to indulge her you know we've only got a couple of practice sessions for regionals and we can't waste mm. time being mad at each other you know we've already split up into two <laughs> once we can't keep doing this um again yeah it's only thir- it's thursday and the the regionals are like only two days <laughs> and they're just practicing together for the first time as a full squad this week mm. yeah um, it's completely ridiculous and and yeah and the two girls are just kind of snapping at each other and each of them are kind of like oh she thinks she's in charge oh she thinks she's in charge and kind of yeah overruling each other and yeah. uh it is it is tense and like this was never going to work properly so obviously no. it's not a great training session or practice session at all no and heather is such a massive bitch because whatever better criticizing jessica's planned routine yeah. she does it in a really rude way it's just like oh it just seems like the right time to tell you i don't really like this cheer yeah. and uh it's just that dance stuff you're so into and patty and jade are like well i don't think there's too much dancing in it and you know it's technically as hard as doing the athletic stuff and they're going to appreciate mm. it and Heather just bangs on about how many stupid cheerleading things she's won and how they the judges don't favour routines that have been diluted and Patty's like dance doesn't dilute it and then Heather or sorry Jean says I personally think that if Heather says we should change it I don't say Fuck you, Jean. <laughs> Honestly, you little fucking turncoat. Like, what is her problem? <laughs> After Heather was so actively really mean on a zillion levels to Sandy, like insulting her appearance, insulting her yes. skills. Like, Sandy is her best friend. Like, I know holding grudges probably isn't healthy, but still, a little grudge, like, would be just a normal thing for her to have here on behalf of her best friend, alleged best friend. Oh, like, it's, Jean, it's, Jean is so disappointing. Oh, she stood by. <laughs> Heather that entire time and now she's still defending her yeah so everyone bickers and Jessica wants to rant at Heather about how she's not the captain Jessica's the captain but she controls herself she's like okay look we're going to call it for today I'll see you tomorrow Uh, and she finds Ken and she's quite despairing but he gives her a pep talk and they kiss they do yeah 
things do not improve. And the mm. next afternoon's practice is even worse than the last one. And every other sentence out of Heather's mouth starts, at my old school, we did it like this, um, oh, <laughs> which doesn't go down well. Like Annie and Liz take a water break and Annie thinks she's getting an ulcer. Oh God, yeah, the stress of it. Like, it just sounds horrible, to be honest. The atmosphere is so tense. Like, no one's enjoying themselves. This just sounds like an awful time, to be honest. Well, Heather, when they return to the practice, she's like, she's bitching at Sandy. She's like, Sandy, did you ever hear about pointing your toe? No wonder I didn't want you on my squad. And uh, Jessica is literally staring at Heather, her mouth hanging open at this rudeness. And Sandy runs away crying. Um, Then Heather turns to Maria and is like, oh, you're jumping no elevation. Have you put on a few pounds? And Maria's hands go to her slender waist. And Jessica is like, I'm sorry, stop talking to people like that. Mm. And Jessica's like, ugh, everyone should be performing up to the same high standards. But if your squad can't cut it. Like, how did anybody tolerate this girl? Why have they been siding with her? Like, she is so horrible to everyone. And she's so personal in the insults and attacks. Like, it's just, it's all so unnecessary. And she's just so mean. But um, but yeah, again, Liz just keeps kind of like jumping in to kind of interrupt things or kind of change the subject slightly mm-hmm. or move things along before anyone gets too deep into this is my squad kind of territory. Um, So she's just like, OK, yeah, look, this is good feedback, Heather, and it'll help us fine tune uh, for regionals. It's like... The next day is regionals and they're still <laughs> fighting with each other. I don't know, have this squad done one routine together yet at this point? They haven't. But, um, they haven't. Like, it's it's lunacy. This whole thing is absolute chaos. But uh, yeah, they're, uh, they, I think Liz and Maria again kind of split off and they're just like, oh my God, that was a close call. <laughs> because this whole thing is so stressful. I just, I can't imagine how anyone is enjoying themselves here. <laughs> Oh, I don't think they are. And Maria, no. uh, like they, they basically say that they haven't even chosen which routines they're going to perform at the competition, <laughs> like, which is in 24 hours less than. Um, so Maria's like, oh God, you know, at least if one of us had gone to the team, one squad had gone to regionals, they might have a shot. And now we can't even, you know, perform the way we're going. This mm. yeah. isn't really listening though. She's perving on Ken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he calls over and says, looking good, Liz. And she thinks she's going to split in half from joy because uh, just knowing Ken is in the audience is all the motivation <laughs> she's going to need to be at her peak tomorrow. But then she wonders, what about the rest of the squad? Because, of course, it is an absolute fucking shambles at this point. Well, if only they had their own hunks to impress, then <laughs> they'd be performing at the peak of their powers too. <laughs> So Jessica, however, has noticed this little moment with uh, Ken sort of waving and grinning at Liz and something about the scene for just for a moment strikes her as sinister. Oh, yeah. She kind of suddenly starts thinking about how like, you know, what if what if Liz had never got back together with Todd and she was with Ken all this time? And, you know, her and Ken actually are the proper couple. But then she's like, no, 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 it didn't happen that way. He broke up with Liz, he got over her and now he's with me. Me and only me. So, um, you know, Ken gives her a big hug and it all just kind of gets banished to the back of her mind. But um, there's just still this tiny niggling doubt that she can't help thinking about how things might have been different. But, you know, Mm. but she's she's still mostly good with everything. Yeah. We cut to Casey's. It's that night. There's more dodgy food talk when Mm -hmm. Jessica's having a big ice cream sundae and Ken's like, oh, I wanted to give you a treat the night before regionals to fuel you up. But if you eat all that, you'll never get off the ground. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. No, bad case. 
I mean, Ken's really delightful in other parts of this book, mm. but that not his finest moment. Mm. So they coo over each other and Ken jokes, is like, oh, I can't believe, you know, I'm actually like this. I'm not normally like this with girls. And she just <laughs> is like, I'm not just any girl. <laughs> and uh, he says, no, you're one in a million. Jessica almost makes a joke about, well, actually, um, there's two of us because we've got a twin. Then she's like, oh, no, I'm not going to mention that. But then... The big Egypt, she's like, I'll just push things a little bit. Mm. Just we're having a lovey-dovey confessional chat, she thinks. So she starts talking about if they've been friends for so long. But, you know, now we're going out. I'm learning so many new things about you all the time. Some of these things are more convincing (laughs) than others. Because yeah, he, he kind of prompts her to be like, oh, like what kind of things about me? And she's like, oh, you know, your favorite flavor of ice cream is mocha chip. OK, fine. Yeah. Even though everyone thinks you're just a jock, you want to study pre-med in college. Uh, uh, good luck with that, Ken. Now, Ken, I love you, but let's be real here. <laughs> you are not getting into medicine. Poor fucker could barely string a fucking English essay together a few <laughs> books ago. Like, I'm sorry, but that is not happening. He's our beloved himbo for a reason. And that has nothing to do with fucking pre-med. Um, He's going to be a football coach. He is. Like, come on. Uh, apparently, he also arranges his T-shirts by order of colour. Uh, and on at least one occasion, he's gone skinny dipping after dark at Seca Lake. <laughs> So Ken's joking. It's like, oh, don't let all this top secret classified info get around. And Jessica's like, any more secrets? Any deep, dark <laughs> secrets? And she's like, nope, sorry to disappoint you. And she keeps saying, there's nothing you want to tell me about your past. And he's like, well, I do have one big regret. And she's like, oh, go on. <laughs> and uh, he says, yeah, this is it. I regret I didn't realise that sooner that all the nice, fun, pretty girls at Sweet Valley can't hold a candle to Jessica Wakefield. Hashtag poor Terry. Woof. I mean, <laughs> Barry Adams must be be fuming. Um, yeah, it's it's not great for her. Just completely left in the dust. But uh, yeah, so Jessica, she is disappointed by this, but she can't be too annoyed because he is being really lovely and saying mm. really nice things about her. So she's like, oh, you know, he's just being chivalrous and protecting yeah. Liz's privacy and reputation. And, you know, so she's like, OK, you know, things things happen how they're supposed to. I think we found each other at just the right time. So they are being all like lovey-dovey yeah. and cute together. And it's really nice. Well, we cut to Todd and Liz. Of course, they're approaching Casey's mm-hmm. too. And Todd reveals that he always has ice cream the night before a big game, which is apparently this deep-rooted superstition that Liz has no idea about, even though we find out in about five minutes that Ken knows all about this yes. tradition. <laughs> yes, yeah, so of course, they walk into Casey's and see... Um, Jessica and Ken there and Liz is just like oh for God's sake <laughs> not these two again um, but I suppose as soon as she sees them she just loses Liz loses her appetite completely and yeah. just wants like a tiny little scoop of strawberry ice cream and that's it so uh, they find a table together and Todd just tells her how proud he is of her um, but um, yeah he's just like you know I hope it won't make you nervous me being there watching when we all know that having your boyfriend well usually having your boyfriend means you're going to do a great job when he's I mean, there watching it's necessary. We've heard people just can't do them. Standard, if they standard can't do, protocol, yeah. Yeah, they can't take part in any activities unless no. they have somebody cheering them on. You need a date for being in a match, basically. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just lo- as long as there aren't those bleachers somewhere, mm-hmm. that's all you need. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Liz is a peg applied bit of notice to him because she's just <laughs> appalled by Ken and Jessica shifting away in the corner. <laughs> and she can't believe they're doing it in public. She, she thinks, and uh, she counted silently in her head, timing the lip lock, we're told. Oh God, Liz, you pervert. <laughs> in it, that is very unwholesome, Liz. And Todd's giving her a pep talk, but she's not listening because uh, she can't think about cheerleading regionals. Not when Jessica and Ken were just a few tables away winning the make out regionals wouldn't surprise me if that was on the sports curriculum in this town <laughs> that would absolutely check out worryingly yeah. well we cut to the Sweet Valley High car park it's the, in the wee hours of the next mm-hmm. morning um, everybody's getting ready to carpool to Carver City 45 minutes away mm-hmm. and they're all like exhausted and nervous and bedraggled yeah. on, <laughs> but not all of them Oh, well, no, because Heather pulls up and her white Mazda Miata pops out looking perfectly well rested and put together. And she's so chirpy that Jessica just wants to smack her. But she's like, Are you guys all psyched? And uh, everyone's just like, oh. <laughs> so they figure out the carpooling arrangements uh, yeah. and all hit the road to uh, to go to Carver City. So they arrive at the Carver City High School Athletic Complex. Fancy. Um, and Jessica is really intimidated um, because like she sees the van from Whitehead Academy. Apparently they're like their coaches to choreograph routines for the state university squad. And then there's Springbrook High who won regionals two years in a row. So Jessica basically thinks they're out of their league. Hmm. But um, the others try to psych her up. But uh, as soon as they go in, everybody's intimidated. Um, there's like... We, Big Mesa hasn't made the push. No, they didn't make it. No, Palisades uh, did though. <laughs> so did Ramsbury, home oh. of Barbara. Oh my god! And the Ramsbury Fairgrounds as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's consistency always a pleasant surprise. We love it. <laughs> so they find a free corner of the gym, and Jessica is still checking out the competition, and like. Everybody is amazing. She pauses to watch one of the teams do their sequence jumps. And then she's like, oh God, why don't I even watch that? Because now I'm even more nervous. Um, so she makes a suggestion that they uh, they start up with it. Because they still haven't decided. They're going to start with the school spirit they haven't cheer. haven't decided their routine. And they are literally at regionals. And they still don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like this I know. is outrageous. For a group of teens who are bet into fucking admin of <gasps> bureaucracy normally. like. Yes. They love organising shit and they've literally rolled up to regionals with no clue what they're about to do. Like, this is egregious. No clue. Like, they're literally saying, or Jessica's literally saying, why don't we warm up with the school spirit year? Then we can work with the dance number, seeing as that's the one that's been giving us trouble. Why Um, are they here? (laughs) (laughs) They stole a place from Big Mesa. I bet those buckets were ready. (laughs) Oh, I bet they just had one team too. So they start practicing and then Heather wants to take off one of the waves they're doing in one direction. And Jessica's like, no, we, you know, that'll unbalance things. You've got to go right and left and they squabble and Heather pushes Jessica too far 
Oh, God. Yeah. So she, <laughs> Jessica can hear herself screaming at Heather and she's like, what gives you the right to call all the shots? We don't need your advice. We were doing just fine till you came along. Heather roars back at her that they were getting nowhere until she came along. And they both just kind of throw down their pom-poms in full drama mode. And the dose is like, I've had it. And Heather's like, forget it. She's impossible. So uh, Amy then calls a halt to all this and does one of those really loud whistles. Um, and she's just like, you guys have had it. What about the rest of us? How do you think we feel? And Liz joins us as well. And she's like, look, this self-centered showboating has gone on long enough. Lila then joins the ranks as well. And she's like, yeah, either you two shut up and start working together or you're both off the squad <laughs> and we're performing without you, which is great because somebody needs to lay down the law here. Like this is oh. not the Jess and Heather show. Like there's more people involved than just the two of them. <laughs> exactly. So um, Heather and Jessica concede defeat. And Liz is like, do you know what? We're going to practice this cheer with the single wave and the double wave and then we'll decide mm. which works best. So they do it. And afterwards, Jessica turns to Heather and is like, I think you're right about the and Heather is saying maybe the double wave does work and they both burst out laughing and it's the first time they've actually sort of shared a little moment imagine yeah (laughs) just minutes before this fucking competition's about to be (laughs) well we are told that miraculously I'll say it is Once they're back on speaking terms, it only took a few minutes to work out the final kinks in their second routine. Mm, that was lucky. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> so they get changed. And they put their makeup on, which is so mad that that's part of their, like, you know, athletics preparation. Oh, she uh, about Irish dancing. Like, they're all oh, fully made up as true. well. You know, know. It's, it's all, it's all know. part of it. I know, which I always bent. <laughs> weird Um, so uh, they decide to watch the first competitors and the bleachers are now full of spectators and while Liz is standing there looking out for her pals in the crowd someone steps up behind her and slips his arms around her waist starts kissing the back of her neck and she's like oh my god he's so close she can smell the citrusy scent of his aftershave Mm. hey Jess Ken (gasps) whispered into Liz's ear he says there's a meteor shower tonight and suggests they take a, a trip down to their, their special private beach and watch some falling stars to celebrate her victory. So Liz's first instinct is to kind of push Ken away and say, oh, you've made a mistake and it'll be a big laugh and it'll all be fine and he'll run and catch Jessica. But then another impulse takes over and she's like, I'll just tell Jessica that uh, Ken mentioned this and, you know, pass along the, the message and tell him tell her that he had the wrong twin. It'll be fine. So she just kind of leans back into Ken and just plays Jessica and she's like "Ooh, that sounds great what an incentive to win so she does just pretend to be Jessica here which is not so good from Liz oh, <laughs> yeah and her plan is to just say oh yeah he gave me this message and then before I could say anything to him yeah. I he just ran off mm. she is not going to tell Jessica about Ken letting it linger <gasps> so she's in a daze and when she refocuses she realises that someone is staring at her Heather uh, yes uh, has come along and she's like come on Liz Uh, you know this other group are already halfway through their first routine so like Liz kind of scurries after her blushing like crazy and she's like oh my god did she see everything she's like no she couldn't have I would have noticed her sooner but then um, she also realises that while while Ken's arms were around her she hadn't been aware of anything Todd Mm. himself could have been standing right in front of her she probably wouldn't have noticed bet she wouldn't have and it wouldn't have been the first time that she was fully in someone else's arms and shifting them and then Todd walked oh. in to find in front of him. <laughs> oh, we have more to say about that as this goes on. Good oh. sweet Jesus. So, the Sweet Valley High uh, gang, they were intimidated by the competitors. The Ramsbury Rockets are impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they are all dressed in full Barbara core. 
Oh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it'd be hard to do high kicks in those long Victorian ghost dresses, but, you know, <laughs> I have faith in them that they can pull it off. <laughs> so Ravensbury Rockets get the points to push them into first place. Um, so uh, they only have one team uh, left before Sweet Valley High go. I guess they're going last. No, no, they're not going last, actually. There's somebody else after them. Right? Oh, there, there is. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, there's just one team after the Rockets. And so... um. Everybody's really nervous. The next team are just kind of mediocre. Mm. So they realize they ha- just have to beat Ramsbury. Yeah. That's it. That's the team to beat. So, um, well, yeah, that's what Jessica says. And Hedda goes, and Sweet Valley's the team to beat them. And they look each other straight in the eye. And basically, it's the first time that uh, Jessica doesn't hate and resent Heather. <laughs> yeah, they both have a shared goal, I suppose, at this point. So she does think, look, we're never going to be best buds. But like when it comes to cheerleading, she is a pro. She'll pull out all the stops. She'll blow the judges away. So like they are they are on the same team here and they both want to win this thing. So at least they're both agreeing on one thing for once. <laughs> yeah. So it's showtime and Jessica's nerves melt away and her love of the limelight asserted <laughs> itself full force. <laughs> I, had it gone away at some point? Because <laughs> when? <laughs> so they decide to do their shorter routine first to save their innovative dance routine mm. for their finale. And she knows <laughs> that everybody is sort of looking to her as their guide and she's never been better. And as they strike their final pose, she glances at Heather and uh, she's beaming back at her and mouthing, we were brilliant. And although the judges conferring seemed to last forever... They do agree. Oh my goodness. Yes, Sweet Valley High have won this thing ridiculously. <laughs> yeah, it's completely insanely with a routine that they didn't finalise until five minutes before it started. Minutes beforehand. Absolute joke. <laughs> Did remind me just so how unsporty I am when you're in a table quiz and you're trying to work out like, okay, if we get this, like, can we still win? Yeah. Like, we, we definitely lost. <laughs> Yeah. Should we just start sinking pints and get this over with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been too long since I've been in a table quiz, but I've got a good table quiz record now. I nice. think if we, we ever have a Sweet Valley table quiz, which I think we definitely should. Oh my God, we totally should. It'll be also, I would, I would, <laughs> the thing, we'd have to run it, but I'd, I'd want to do it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Damn. <laughs> we'd have to be in charge. Like oh, no, that's boring. <laughs> We're not doing it because we don't get to play. <laughs> Any of you want to volunteer? Be our guest. <laughs> so Rab is where you get their second prize. And then the judge says, on behalf of your squad, will Sweet Valley High co-captains Heather Malone and Jessica mm. Wakefield step to the podium? And of course, these fucking babies start throwing a tantrum. Oh, my God. Yeah, because now they finally realised the deception. Uh, and everyone's just literally standing, looking at them, waiting for them to oh come up and God. accept their fucking trophy. But they're just standing oh. there shouting at each other. Like, it's so stupid. So Liz just like, don't fucking blow this thing. Um, so she's like, oh, God, Jessica is saying that she, you know, if, if if they want Heather to be their captain, she quits. And Heather says the same thing. Amy's like, if you two won't agree once and for all to be co-captains, we all quit. Either we all go to state or none of us goes. And yes. the whole squad, The whole squad backs Amy in this. Um, so they decide they shake hands and claim a truce uh, call a truce even so uh, yeah so the two co-captains go up together and pick up the trophy and then suddenly Jessica does realise that they have done this thing and like she is delighted and they both are in tears of joy and everyone's happy and they're going to state Hooray so we cut back to the casa and Jessica is still giddy and mm-hmm. uh, but she does say like why don't you play that trick on me and 
Liz is like, well, it was literally the only way to keep you both on the squad because you're both such absolute maniacs. And Jessica's like, oh, fair enough. Um, And also says that even though she'll never like Helen or Helen, uh, Heather. (laughs) Helen Bradley ever do to get pulled into this. Well, she was. She was on the team at the beginning of this sequence before they remembered she didn't live there anymore. That's so true. (laughs) So yeah, she'll never like Heather, but uh, she can put up with her until they win nationals. Mm -hmm. So... Jessica says she's going to call Ken and then Liz remembers the message Uh and um, she's like, oh yeah, Ken gave me a message for you. And Liz starts wondering if she's blushing. She's like, can Jessica tell me, tell that Ken held me in his arms? (laughs) And Liz says, well, he thought he was talking to you. He was in kind of a hurry, you know, so, so far this is all kind of okay. Mm. And, uh, Jessica's like, yeah, go on. What did he say? And is like, uh, he said, well, what I can only describe is the spirit of Margot. Possibly even the voice possesses oh Liz. Molly. Because yes, she's like in her own head. She's like, say it. He wants to take you to your private beach and watch the shooting stars. But instead, what comes out <gasps> of her mouth is he won't be able to see you tonight because he has some family party to go to. But he's really proud of you and he'll call you tomorrow. Uh- like as soon as she said it she's like oh Christ what have I done of course Jess is disappointed but then she's also kind of brightens up immediately and she's like oh in that case I'll go to Lila's party because she's throwing a big shindig with all the cheerleaders of course Um, so she's like do you want to go with me and Liz starts faking this big yawn and she's like oh I might just curl up in bed with a book and Jessica's like all right suit yourself bye I mean Liz this is fucking stupid idea and I would mm-hmm. like to ask how you think you get away with this but two total strangers <laughs> have already managed to go on dates with you and your and Jessica's boyfriends mm-hmm. uh, because you psychopaths never say oh yeah that was great last night or yeah. where were you last night <laughs> like they'll never compare notes Never. There's never never a follow-on conversation at any point. No. So uh, yeah, like Jessica kind of heads off and Liz is just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Um, but even at that, she's like, it wasn't what she'd already done that most <gasps> astonished Elizabeth. It was what she was intending to do. So she <gasps> rings Todd, tells him she's going to cancel their date tonight because she's so tired and wiped out from the whole day. Uh, so she says, I'll see you tomorrow, okay? And then instead of, she goes upstairs and instead of going into her <laughs> own bedroom, she barges into Jessica <laughs> and makes a beeline for her closet. <laughs> and after she's stolen quite an ensemble, which uh, Karen will describe for us later, <laughs> she glances at her watch to see how much time she had to get ready. And then she laughs out loud because, of course, <laughs> Jessica never wears a watch. And if she wants Ken to think she's Jessica, and that's the only way I'm going to be able to get close to him, I'd better make sure I get every detail just right. This is full on, Margot. 100% Liz, you're a (laughs) maniac. What are you doing? Like she has fully been possessed by either Margot or Nora or both. Or the voice. The voice is back. You know what? It needed a new host. It was just bopping around (laughs) waiting for the moment to strike. And it turns out it's right now. (laughs) We knew the voice wasn't gone forever. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Wild. So we cut to the parking lot by the beach and Ken's white Toyota pulls in and he's like, we have the ocean stars all to ourselves, Jess. And Liz is like, good. Her voice is soft and caressing as the night breeze. 
fucking hell is. Oh, 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 it's so bad. So, okay, this is amazing. So they go, they walk to the beach, they drink in the scene and holding hands. And uh, this thing's, it's been so long, so long since I was with Ken. Okay, that's true. Since I was with any boy but Todd. Oh, Liz, you jokester. <laughs> I, I mean, there was Luke. There was Bruce in the when you were in that sarong in the kitchen. There was the fucking French lad. What was his name? Oh, Renee, I think. Renee, <laughs> Renee please. Renee, please. There was Jeffrey. <laughs> there were other people on every time you went, like you crossed state lines. Literally, like, anytime she left this town, there was some other lad in her sights. Like, oh my God. Ridiculous behaviour. So um, <laughs> she again lie in a blanket and look at the shooting stars. And then uh, like Ken sort of pulls her towards him and they're so close. She can feel the heat of Ken's <laughs> body. And she is breathless with desire. And I have to say, it's actually quite a good description of that moment where you're like, oh, fuck, this is happening. Yeah, yeah. This is actually going to happen now. <laughs> um, you know, which is sometimes almost better than, than what comes <laughs> next. But, especially when you're that age. But um, when Ken's lips find hers, she pressed her body against his, responding eagerly. The kiss grew longer, deeper. But something is wrong. Uh-oh. Yeah, so Liz realises her dream is coming true. She's kissing Ken again, something she's been thinking about fucking constantly. But uh-huh. somehow it wasn't the way she remembered it. It's not as exciting as her fantasies. So she like, she's like, mm, better keep going just in case. <laughs> so she keeps kissing Ken, waiting for the familiar passion of old to ignite. But it doesn't happen. So instead, she just feels all this like affectionate warmth overlaid with like a sudden confusing sorrow. And she just thinks, Todd, oh my God, I miss Todd. I want to be with Todd, not Ken. And in fairness to Ken, he does pull oh. back and kind of look at her and he's like, Jess? And then he's like, no, wait, it's Liz. So he does realise as he's kissing her that this is not actually his girlfriend, which I'm, I'm in, relieved about. I, I'm also relieved because he's more perceptive than a lot of people. True. <laughs> than, than, than their parents. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd, he went on a full, like, full film shifting session in the front mm-hmm. row. Like... Yep. But Ken, ah, that noble creature, he mm-hmm. noticed straight away. And um, so he's looking at her in shock. Mm. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what you think of me. Oh, God, what have I done? He is so nice. Oh, my God. He is so much nicer to her than she deserves here because this was such a weird, creepy thing to pull on Ken. Yes. Um, and he is so lovely to her. He's just, he kind of pats her on the back and he's like, what? Like, it's fine. It's okay. You just reach me out for a minute there. But it's like, tell me what's going on. Like, what's the story here? So she does tell Ken the whole thing. that She's like, look, I've been crazy with jealousy since you and Jessica got together. I want to be happy for her. But she just reveals that she has all these feelings for him that she never really figured out. Um, she kind of just put them all away, thinking they'd die off, but they haven't. They've all kind of come back now. Mm. Um, and she wanted to see if she really was still in love with him. But now that she's gone too far, she realizes that it was a terrible mistake. Uh, and thinks, what would Jessica 
see think if she could see us like this not to mention Todd she's bawling crying like she's fully freaking yeah. out and Ken just hugs her and it's like it's not the end of the world we didn't do anything that terrible you know we kissed and then discovered it was a mistake and he says and look since we're you know confessing all he says look I didn't get over you right away either and in fact what actually drew him to Jessica in the first place was the fact that she was Liz's twin so he could pretend that she was her but he does actually love Jessica in fairness. Yeah. That's the thing and also that valid that sort of confession would actually, if you were Liz and you were having like this deranged moment, yes. and so <laughs> whomst among us did not have, we may not have gone to these lengths, no. but when you're a, a young person, mm. you do have like, oh God, what have I, you know, why do I still like this person? Or, yeah. you know, very complicated romantic feelings. And actually, it would be very validating if they were like, okay, do you know what? Yeah, there really was something between us. Because remember the thing that was really upsetting her initially was she thought the Kenneth completely forgotten yeah yeah that and like, that made her feel that start, it was just in her head in her head yes yeah. and she's like well did I imagine how into each other we were like have I just been spiraling here completely on my own but yeah like she is validated in that that like he obviously had to take some time to get over it too yeah. but um yeah but he says look you know I, I do have fond memories of our time together even though the circumstances were kind of painful but she's like look he kind of tells her look it's fine it's okay we'll we'll have to just tell everyone the truth at this stage just to you know, sort all this out basically, yeah. but they're still friends. Like he is so lovely oh. to her here. It's just like, oh my God, he's the best. My notes say Liz is totally embarrassed. And again, Ken is an angel straight from heaven. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> she just kept saying like, oh my God, I made such a fool of myself. What the fuck? I was like, what was wrong with me? Why was I thinking? Why was I mm. acting like this? You know, I'm such an idiot. And Ken's like, just smiling. is like, you know what? I'm flattered. And like, can we still be friends? And, um, he's like, you know, we're the best of friends always. You're brilliant. And they oh. hug. And then uh, Liz almost floats back to the car. She feels so, like, lighthearted with relief. Mm, yeah, she all she wants now is to get back with Todd. She can't wait to see him again. So she's just really excited about kind of being back where she's supposed to be in yeah. terms of her feelings with Todd. So, like, Ken just handled this so beautifully. Oh, my God. I'm just I'm so proud of that little guy. <laughs> he didn't make her feel stupid. No. He, like, validated her feelings while making it very clear that he was, you know, Jessica's He's the girl Jessica. for him. Yeah. And, and she really clearly realised, oh, God, this was just, like, a, mm. a crush that sort of spiralled out of control. Exactly. Like, the circumstances were completely fucking bananas because Liz did fully lose her mind here. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he was, he just really kind of yeah, just handled it so well. I'm just, yeah, I'm really pleased. Same. So we cut to Fowler Crest where Amy says, great partner, party, Lie. Uh, and Lila's like, don't I always throw great parties? I mean, can you even imagine <laughs> uttering the words mediocre party, Lie? I mean, I can't. No. <laughs> Apparently there's there's even a banner. Oh, well, of course there is. <laughs> that poor print shop they must be making a fortune uh, yeah there's a banner that reads congratulations SVH cheerleaders but um, Lila admits that she wasn't sure how spontaneous this whole thing was because apparently her parents figured there'd be a party whether they won or lost so she points out that apparently if you turn over the banner it probably says something like sorry you blew it <laughs> I do like that yeah so Heather approaches and Jessica makes a big effort to be nice which is very impressive because this bitch is insufferable like oh she God. literally says you know I'm so used to winning competitions so I take it a little bit for granted you know oh my gosh like yeah Jessica really has to just like talk to herself down and just be like be nice be nice <laughs> 
um, Heather asks where Liz is and Jess is like oh she just didn't feel like partying she's probably doing something really exciting like reading in bed Um, and then Heather's like oh yeah maybe she's out with that adorable blonde boy Ken the quarterback and Jessica's like no that's my boyfriend she goes out with Todd the adorable brown haired boy (laughs) but um, then Heather like really on purpose is just like oh really I could have sworn I saw Ken and Liz and kind of trails off suggestively she's like maybe it wasn't the way it looked so she just kind of drops this bombshell and kind of wanders off basically to leave Jessica to figure out what the fuck she's talking about. Mm. Oh, Jessica runs away. She doesn't oh, she does. Out. Yeah. Can oh, she just drops her plate to... and everything. Yeah. You're right. Heather doesn't even get to swan off. Yeah. <laughs> so Heather uh, smiles as Jessica flees um, and Jessica wants to ask Heather like, what mm. the fuck was going, what did you see? But she will not give her the satisfaction of, yeah. you know, seeing Jessica has, freaked out unfortunately she has given her the satisfaction of her dropping her plate and running for her phone <laughs> so she hasn't really played it quite as cool as she could true true <laughs> so she's getting more and more freaked this is actually really well done because she's yeah. just like do you know what? I'm just going to sort this all out I'm just going to reassure yeah. myself so mm-hmm. she rings the casa and uh, she prays Liz will answer quickly but there's no answer so she's like okay if she's in bed she should pick it up by the second ring if she's in the bathroom it'll be the fourth or fifth but it goes straight to the answering machine so she's like mm-hmm. okay okay that's fine that's fine she's probably with Todd but when yeah. she rigs him he says oh yeah she's uh, no she's having an early night and actually at the time Jessica doesn't say I think she's out with Ken she's like oh okay sorry I must have got my wires crossed I'm no yeah. At the yeah, party. Yeah. She, she kind of yeah, she just tells Todd that she assumed that Liz was with him. She's like, Oh, that's fine, don't worry, I'll just I'll try my own house. So and yeah. doesn't kind of un- unnecessarily freak Todd mm. out, which was quite nice of her. I know. I Surprising. Like. More than I expected from Jessica, I have to say. <laughs> Same. So she literally runs right out of Fowler Crest. And by the time mm. she goes home, she's like, okay, do you know what? She was probably just having a bath. Um, yeah. I'm being ridiculous. So um, try, don't be so paranoid. But when she lets herself into the house, she does run up the stairs two at a time. <laughs> so not so chill. Not so much. So she's running around the place. There's no sign of Liz anywhere. And when Jess eventually comes into her own bedroom, she can sense uh, that Liz was in there. Okay. She realizes she's taken something from her closet because apparently she'd hung up an outfit of hers that's all new stuff because she didn't want it to get all like mushed up with all the rest of her clothes that are strewn about the place. <laughs> like it's an absolute tip. Um, so she realizes this like empty hanger hanging in the wardrobe is a real fucking smoking gun. So she's like, holy shit, Liz lied to me and Todd. And now she's gone somewhere wearing one of my outfits. And she's like, why would she do that? <laughs> but she knows. Mm. She remembers the message Liz gave her from Ken about, you know, having to do some family thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this was bullshit. I know that was so, something's up. Didn't Liz yeah. vow to get me back for blackmailing <gasps> her onto, into joining the cheerleading squad? Uh-huh. And, and then she remembers when she came into the Spanish child's kitchen the other day and found them sort of, you know, being a bit mm. conspiratorial. I mean, that is not the worst thing Liz has done in that kitchen. Nope. <laughs> Hashtags so wrong. Oh my god, so true. <laughs> the scene of all her crimes. <laughs> yes, the adultery kitchen. Honestly. So she's suddenly uh, convinced, like literally sobbing, tears streaming down her face, that all that thwarted passion Elizabeth had written about in her diary has come back to life. And she's like, I can't believe she did this to me. My own twin sister pretending to be happy for me. I mean, did she ever pretend she was happy for her? Mm. Not really. Not really. (laughs) The whole time she was just waiting for a chance to steal Ken back. Um, So meanwhile, Liz and Ken are happily driving home. And Liz is like, oh. 
still feel so guilty about Tom not knowing. And Ken's like, look, just tell him. We'll laugh about it. Like, I'll tell Jessica uh, that, you know, you and me had a thing. And Liz is all like, uh, actually, <laughs> you don't have to do that because she read my diary. Oh, God. Yeah, Ken is like, what the fuck? What do you mean? Did you tell her? And then when he finds out that it's because she read the diary, he just bursts out laughing. He's like, yeah, it sounds like Jessica. All right. I mean, you <laughs> caught yourself a prize there, honestly, Ken. Are you, are you sure about this? <laughs> but yeah, he can't believe that Jessica didn't mention it to him. Um, and Liz is as well. She's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but maybe she just didn't view me as a romantic threat. And that's why it just, it just she'd never brought it up. Mm. Um yeah, so Ken is like, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to go over to Todd right now. We'll get it all off our chests and then we'll we'll, we'll certainly feel better anyway. <laughs> so Liz nods and she's like, okay, I guess I'll have to tell him about tonight's whole fiasco as well. And then Ken kind of shoots her a glance and he's like, we can edit the transcript a little. <laughs> and she laughs and it's so nice. Like he's so, is so he handles this so well. I know we keep saying it, but it's like, it's really impressive. It's just so unusual for a Sweet Valley boy to impress us literally at all <laughs> that we're just falling over ourselves over how good he's doing here. By the way, Liz does do, Liz does do one noble, noble thing because she doesn't tell Ken that Jessica was blackmailing her because she knows that will really make her sad. Oh, bad. that's true. I guess yeah, yeah. reading the diary is just Jessica stuff but blackmailing yeah. is like so they arrive at Todd's house and Liz is like, you know, preparing what she'll say to him. Mm. But then she can get a surprise. (laughs) Why there in Todd's driveway is the Jeep. (laughs) I mean, apparently it's white now. Oh, really? It says a familiar white Jeep. Oh, the house. That Jeep was famously black with with, uh, like purple trim. Yeah, Oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> they did get a new one after the death jeep after all. I guess, yeah. Maybe it was too fucking haunted. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz is like, what? Why would Jessica be there? Oh, unless. Uh-oh. So she knows something's wrong. Um, and uh, the door swings open and Ken joins Liz. As it reveals. Well, we have Todd and Jessica standing side by side and Liz can immediately tell that this has all gone to hell uh, because Jessica's face is teary and vengeful. Todd is pale and stunned and Jessica is holding Liz's diary. Uh, And Liz is just like, you didn't. Jessica's like, I didn't do anything. This was all you, Liz. And like, yeah, fair. (laughs) Oh my God, I can't believe she's holding the diary. Like she's gone to the trouble of finding it because Liz clearly hasn't hidden it very well. No, never. <laughs> oh God. So she's like, you didn't. And Jessica says, oh, I didn't do anything. It was you, Liz. And uh, Ken is stricken with guilt. And Liz can't, looks at Todd and she sees an ocean of hurt. Oh no, she's... Thinks to his, or she says, whispers, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> oh, God, but Ken and tries Ken, to step in. Yeah. <laughs> Ken is all like, look, Wilkins, Jessica, we can explain. And Todd snarls, I bet. He slams the door. Liz runs away crying to the Jeep. I guess she drives off. That's unclear. Um, but <laughs> Jessica and Ken face each other and he tries to explain, but Jessica's not listening. 
oh no yeah she's just like get away from me and he's like no we have to talk you have to give me a chance and she's like to what tell me more lies uh so jessica's like there's the girl you really loved when you never stopped loving why don't you go to her and poor ken really hasn't done anything wrong here like he oh. was tricked in this whole fucking shenanigan thing tonight <laughs> Um, but he's like, no, Jessica, it's you that I, and she just won't hear it. She's just like, stop it. I don't want to hear it. I can't trust you. Um, you know, and I really wanted to. I really did. I loved you. But she's just, he tries to, to hold her again. She just runs away into the dark night because the happiest day of her life has turned into a nightmare. So she's just like, this is Liz's revenge for blackmailing her. And she reckons that this whole dream of winning regionals has come at, uh, it's come true, but the price was too high. <sighs> Yes, it had cost her the boy she loved. Oh my God, disaster. (laughs) (sighs) And that is the end of the Pop-Pop Wars, part two. Oh my God, we did it. We finally did it. It's just three months later we got there. (laughs) We did. Oh my God, there's only one cheerleading book to go. Now, I have enjoyed every one. This oh my god! A delight so far. They've been they've been so much fun. Like honestly, because those we were saying this before recording that like coming off of the back of all the Margot and Nora lunacy, it was like, you know, you're never going to top that. But coming back oh, to no. the cheerleading series has been just a really nice way to land back into Sweet Valley when it's just, you know, it's pretty low stakes, but yeah. it's pretty crack all the same. Like, and everyone's just on top form, being lunatics. Like it's great. Yeah, so <laughs> much fun. Well, thank you for your patience, uh, mm. listeners, and we hope you enjoyed the Pop-Up Wars Part 2 as much <laughs> as we did. Uh, do let us know what you thought. You can find us on all social media, pretty much, at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we have to do our stats and outfits. Oh my God. <gasps> oh my God. We're so dazed by the uh, by the drama. <laughs> That we're, uh, we're 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 forgetting to dive right into stats and outfits. Please share those important <laughs> things. As usual, we're half delirious at the end of an episode, <laughs> <laughs> happening with increasing regularity. <laughs> um, okay, uh, where what do we do? Outfits, outfits. That's the one. Um, okay, so Heather uh, strides across the grass at one point to practice. Uh, she's wearing turquoise bike shorts, a uh-huh. big white t-shirt, and sneakers, and it is. There's just there's something so 90s about a big t-shirt and cycling shorts. Oh my there? god, yes. It's very Kelly from Beverly Hills 90210. Yes, very that. Love that. Mm. Um so Jessica, when she is heading off uh with Ken on a date, she's hopped out of the shower, so her hair is still damp, but she's looking fresh and sexy in sage-colored linen and shorts uh, and a crisp white tank top. Which, you know, that's quite nice. It does sound quite nice. Yeah. Now I know mm. there's more. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Jessica's outfit that she had specially hung up and everything, like none of her other clothes, um, that Liz then uh, swiped for her sneaky fake out date with poor old Um <laughs> And yes, the outfit for the occasion is a pair of gauzy white trousers and a clingy crocheted top. <laughs> Go- Are they gauzy all over? Like... <laughs> Can you see your pants? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows with those two? <laughs> Maybe she's wearing bike shorts underneath. You know what? Maybe she <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> oh my God. Is there anything else? Nothing could top white gauzy trousers. Uh, well, look, I mean that's that's tough to beat. So that's it for outfits. Uh, so we're gonna jump into some stats now oh, instead. Please. 
so the Wakefield blondness uh, mm-hmm. got nine mentions. Oh wow! Mm. Okay, now Pretty obviously, <laughs> obviously the evil twin, return of the evil twin, like oh, like huge uh, stats forever, but forever and ever because that was just completely just off the chain ridiculous I didn't even know what to do with myself <laughs> with those. there were such confusing stats as well whereas we're back on more familiar territory here where there's like one set of blonde twins and no wigs which is always a relief <laughs> when it comes to this side of things um, so yes nine mentions of the blondness which is a good strong strong representation there the blue green eyes only got two mentions though which is quite low Um. Then, oh that's very low Hmm. Yeah, it was low. Uh, people tossed their hair five times, which was pretty good. <laughs> that is good. I can imagine. I can like that feels very much in keeping with my memories of the second half of this book. Mm, it's very much in the spirit of things uh, with uh, everyone doing constant showdowns with each other. Uh, so then we have Heather's yes. blondness. Uh, so yes, Heather's blondness gets five mentions. Um, which again, mm. pretty strong for a, a side character, or yeah. you know, and not not properly usually main yeah. character. Ken's blondness got six mentions, so good for him. <gasps> oh well, it's what he it's what he deserves. <laughs> it is, you know, he's taking his rightful place in the, uh, the blondness hall of fame. Uh, people blush sixteen <laughs> times, which is simply too much. Wow, even by speech value standards, <laughs> that's a lot of blushing. It's so much. It's too much, really. I feel like they have a condition that they need to get checked out. <laughs> I mean, they definitely do. Many <laughs> conditions. <laughs> wow. Can anything top that? Any more stats? Not really, no. I mean, eyes do sparkle four times. And actually, they are starry three times. Oh. So, you know, the eyes were up to a lot, as usual. <laughs> Again with the light show eyes. Yeah, there you go. I swear, they're just a whole bunch of disco balls going on there. <laughs> well... Listeners, did you have a favourite uh, sparkling moment from this book? Again, you know where to find us. Um, and we are mostly active on Instagram, where mm-hmm. you had plenty to say oh about the last episode. <laughs> a lot of um like a lot of questions actually about when the girls uh the the Chappelle twins donned or dyed their hair. I think we forgot to mention they had actually dyed it. So there was a lot of like, did they not notice when this murdered girl was wearing a wig? (laughs) (laughs) They did not notice that, but they also didn't notice a fucking janky dye job that like (laughs) was going to take more than a manner of days to take raven black hair to fucking Wakefield blondness. But anyway. (laughs) Um... Uh, Anne Foster, not that one, said the utter disaster and failure of Nora's spontaneous plan to kill Jessica really shows why the voice was truly correct all along by suggesting patience. Which is true. <laughs> and Sister Betty so Confetti, true. Sister Betty Confetti replied, honestly, could not have predicted that the voice would become the, th- the true underdog and fan fave of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us saw that coming in fairness <laughs> um, uh, Hilary said I only got a minute into the description of Margot and Nora in the bathroom before I realised I was p- picturing them as Mrs Mack and Mrs Kelly from Always Sunny which is oh quite a vision that I, I loved that I laughed so hard when I saw that <laughs> it's so perfect it's just it's so their vibe it's great <laughs> 
Um, there were some excellent tag yourselves, as of course there always is. Please keep that chain going. Uh, Hannah J. Bear started it last time saying, I'm poor Prince Albert, desperately seeking any affection or attention from absolutely anybody at this point, <laughs> even knife-wielding maniacs. I've lost all hope of ever being wa- walked, but still long for just one belly scritch. Oh, <laughs> poor little guy. <laughs> I did like um the podcast at Dawn's house. <laughs> We're the bang of pure evil emanating from Jessica in a hundred foot radius. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments where it's like Nora could sense that pure unadulteration wickedness coming out of that oh, cellar. It's pouring out of the keyhole and surprise it was just Jessica all along. <laughs> Maybe Anne Shirley said, I'm the fun-charged shrubbery, baffled at the stupidity of humans, to be fooled so easily by those who hide among my fronds. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. They're, like, these are all so good, but we simply cannot read all of them. <laughs> oh, God, but they're all genius. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, yeah, Marnie Knox said, uh, I'm Madame Renata, who somehow got stuck working oh. for free during this stupid New Year's thing, decided to screw with one of the people who made that happen, and somehow was correct with this wild prediction. <laughs> Madame Renata's reaction to the whole thing. Huh, well, I guess I win. Good on me, I guess. <laughs> Jen B's girl said I'm the concept of identical twins being identical I continuously attempt to reintroduce myself to the denizens of Sweet Valley to no avail it just never takes <laughs> Biblioarchaeologist said I'm the absolutely rubbish medical examiner who somehow didn't notice that Jessica's corpse had died here with contact lenses <laughs> great job you guys <laughs> I loved um, Maria Teresa Biblioteca said, I'm Tom McKay, eavesdropping on Todd and Ken talking about their love for very big hot dogs and wondering if they too are into jazz, tennis and funky watches. <laughs> Only one way to find out, boys. <laughs> Uh, not in the Tag Yourself thread, but news from Nihon quoted, Madame Renata seemed older than time. So like 30 by Sweet Valley yeah. standards. Probably. <laughs> oh, and Megan Maurice left a fucking incredible comment where uh, she pointed out that she oh. loved the idea of oh. the double bluff so much that she added one final scene to the end of this book. And oh my God. Okay, so I'm going for it. Do it, do it. <laughs> it's so good. Imagine if this had been in it. Just, this I think is... we'll have to end the comments with this because it is so perfect. It's so good. It's it's the perfect, yeah, finishing out of, of Return of the Evil Twin. So... <laughs> Jessica and Elizabeth broke away from their embrace and the rhythms of the party returned. A maid walked around with a tray of food and turned to offer it to Jessica. As she looked down at the tray, she stiffened when she saw what was on it. Sandwiches, said the voice in her head. She blinked twice, as if to shake it away. She grimaced and said to the maid, no thank you, as sweetly as she could muster. But as she turned away, her fists tightened in fury. She would make her pay, but not yet. Patience. The voice reminded her. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that would have been so good. Oh, immaculate. I love it. <laughs> so good. Brownie Knox replied to it saying, every time I order a sandwich or make one for lunch, I think of Marco now and her inexplicable, inexplicable hatred of sandwiches. I guess I know I'm not my own evil twin. It's always good to know. <laughs> yeah. All the sandwich lovers can rejoice. 
Oh my God. So yes, thank you so much for all your incredible comments uh, and great emails as well. We just, we love hearing from you guys. We do need to say thank you to Laura Buchanan, who very kindly sent us over some SVU books. Uh, and uh, to Amy Patty, who sent us on her PhD dissertation about <gasps> Sweet Valley High, which oh is my God. fucking brilliant and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and also Anna, you are a playwright. Oh, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, if you can't plug your own stuff on your own podcast, when can you? <laughs> oh, damn it. All right. Yes. My first play is on at the ARC uh, Children's Cultural Centre in um, in the middle of Dublin, which is basically Ireland's National Children's Theatre Centre. And it opened on Sunday. And it got a four-star review in the Irish Times today. Yay! So, uh, yeah, it's an adaptation of my book, The Making of Molly. And it is a... Comedy slash rabble rousing uh, piece of algebra <laughs> about <Excellent>. baby suffragettes <laughs> in Dublin in 1912. Yeah. And the cast is amazing. And uh, Sarah Baxter, the director who I co basically co wrote the script with, is incredible. And it's been an absolute delight. And it's on for two and a half more weeks. So if you're in Dublin, you know, some children. Um, <laughs> Please do head along and uh, and enjoy the world of Molly. There's there's a terrible dog called Barnaby. Who the menace. Is, yes, the menace is in it. He is played by a very good actor, a cuddly toy, but he oh, gets wow. a lot of laughs. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil how his uh, activities are represented on stage. But it's very funny. Oh my god. So uh, yes, it's been quite an exciting week. Um, oh. I'm very tired, but uh, <laughs> but very very happy with how it's been going so far, and uh, very much appreciative of everybody who has come to see it already and who has been spreading the word about it. Um, but that's not the you know me getting a four star rave review uh, for my play is not the only uh, media coverage either of us have had in the last few weeks because we had a very nice surprise um, about two weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, Vicky Nataro very kindly gave us a lovely write-up uh, in the Sunday Times. And it was, like, as you say, such a lovely surprise because we did not expect that. Uh, and uh, yeah, fair play to Vicky for starting with Return of the Evil Twin as her first Double Love episode. So really jumping in at the deep end there. But we're just delighted she had a good time listening to us. We certainly are. And if any of you are listening to uh, to this episode because you discovered the podcast through Vicky's column, I mean... God help you starting at this point, but we're very glad you're here. And, we're uh, happy to have you. <laughs> hope you're not too confused by the whole mm. thing, but um, we are you know, delighted to remind more people of the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High uh, because everyone's welcome here, unlike mm. in the cheerleading squats. <laughs> we're, we're going for a much more inclusive vibe here. <laughs> Indeed. Well... If you would like to be included in our uh, non-toxic, <laughs> non-gender specific sorority, ah. you can, of course, join us and in Pi Beta Alpha by signing up to Headstuff Plus. 
Yeah, so if you head on over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up for as little as five euro a month to support the show and you get access to all the lovely bonus content. So that's our PBA show that comes out in the off weeks between Double Love episodes where we chat about the uh, TV series of Sweet Valley High. We just started season four. So like genuinely, if you want to, like I'm challenging people now to sign up for this 14 day trial and get all of PBA (laughs) in that time. Um, No, don't do that. That's lunacy. (laughs) But anyway, it is a great way to just get a taste for it and see yeah. see if you're into it. Yeah. But we are having great fun over in the clubhouse. The TV show is like we are enjoying it sincerely so much, which we never saw coming. Oh, um, it's it's a great time. You can watch the episodes on YouTube and then jump onto PBA and listen to us bitch about it or talk about how much we love Winston or <laughs> compliment people's wardrobe choices. There's so much to chat about in every episode. Uh, it's great crack. There was a montage in the last one that we were delighted <gasps> oh about my gosh. because. It used to be a recurring thing. It went away for a while, but things stayed ridiculously kind of surreal enough that we didn't even notice it. <laughs> so, oh. You know, there's always something new to uh, to pick over and discuss. And it's great fun over there. It is. And as we said, everybody's welcome. And we really, really appreciate everybody who supports the show. And, you know, not only are you supporting us with, uh, with, with your hard-earned cash, you are getting two episodes a month two bonus episodes a month um some sweet valley high in your ears every single week so um yes you're both doing a good deed as far as we're concerned but you are getting something <laughs> very fun for your money and we really appreciate all our pi beta alpha sisters and we will see them in the clubhouse um next week when we really kick off the uh the, the fourth season. So what they've been doing weirdly in Sweet Valley High t- mm. on TV is um, the first episode of the season, they're like on holiday somewhere where they're at the <laughs> beach or something <laughs> random. Like they're not in the, you know, in school. Mm. But uh, next week they're back in the in Sweet Valley High and we find out what happens when loose lips sink yachts. Oh, what a title. I love it. Apparently it's loosely based on book 138. What Jessica wants. Oh, so interesting. That's very late in the game. Isn't it though? My God, yeah. I, I have no I, idea what the plot of that book is. No, haven't read it. Well, I guess we'll be spoiled for it next week. But well, there you go. We'll get to it at some point. Their adaptations of books are very loose. Oh, super duper loose. You go see. Yes. <laughs> but um, yes, we will see our Pi Beta Alpha siblings mm. in the clubhouse um, for that next week. But we will see you all right here in the main feed in two weeks time when we find out what happens when the all new reunited Sweet Valley High cheerleading squad uh, chant V for victory. (laughs) I'm excited. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.